This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, thank you for downloading the Homestyle Radio podcast. Uh, so we've just, um, just finished the show and some amazing things for you to look forward to today. Um, a, a frank discussion about about the Leicester game, about performances of certain players, and the tactics or lack of, um, and whether or not we feel that Pardew's time is up. And um, it's a shame that after the show ended, we didn't carry on recording because Joe, you had some interesting view- views on blowjobs, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute silence. He's not going to repeat. Yeah, he's, no, he's got his mouth full at the moment, so... <laughs> I, did wonder, I did wonder why Alex had, had to drop off the call. You'll notice that Alex White has returned for this particular show. No, hang on a second. <laughs> well, <laughs> is this f***ing extra content? No. No! You know, I'll be honest, the only reason I did it is because Michael t- Mikey told me to in a separate chat away from everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolute f***ers. Oh, dear. Quit <laughs> it round it. I knew I knew this would happen. I knew you'd swear it. So, so exactly. I mean, you just try and beep all around it and see if we can keep some of it in, um, so to speak. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Right. Okay, I'll get my composure back. So, um, yeah, no, I really appreciate you, but download, downloading the show. Um, obviously, if you want to get in touch with us throughout the course of the week, or your views on the show or your views on anything you like, really, you can use the voicemail service. It's oh eight hundred. Six eight nine three six two four, and as you'd have seen from um, Dan, it was Dan from Woolwich. Dan, who, uh, he left us a message directly after the game, so we've got some um, sort of raw emotion from Dan. He managed to not swear, unlike us, who seem to not be able to avoid swearing. But um, to, and, it, and it helped us shape the show for the week. So if you'd like to do that yourself, it's oh eight hundred six eight nine three six two four, and you can do that any time, any time you like. Hmm. Anyway, so on with the show. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net Joining me today, I have Terence Ford. Hello. Hello. I have Jill Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Uh, joined us quite late there, Jill. <laughs> but we're all, we're all, all okay. You're here. I love, uh, a, I love an update. I love one of my computer updates like, two, 10 minutes before I'm supposed to go on here. It's good. It's a challenge, but we got there. Uh, yeah, Bill's got a Commodore 64. So he has challenge to, um, not to smash it up. That's what it is. He has to, he has to update it with a cassette tape because he's got Commodore 64. 
Uh, that voice getting in his first interruption, but by no means his last interruption of the show, is Nick Gillard. And Hello. finally, finally, we are joined by Alex White. I'm back. Hello. That, that is a very <laughs> understated return to the show. Um, what did you... I think it's been about since the people actually played the Commodore 64 was the last time Alex was on. That's right. We won. Um, That's when we last won. Yeah, the listeners will be interested to know that uh, since Alex was last on the show, he has in fact gone through puberty and got married. So um, <laughs> that some of that might not be true. I saw the wedding photos on Facebook. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, um, so we'll go on with the show in a little while. There'll be a bit of a jingle, and then we'll go straight into a voicemail, this time from Dan from Woolwich. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram. At Homesdale Radio. Uh, Hi, it's Daniel from Woolwich yet again after another home loss. Um, so I really want to swear down the phone, but I don't want people to think that that's the way that I communicate when I'm uh, frustrated and disappointed. But I am very... I'm pissed. Oh, ooh, that was close. I'm upset because... Um, I don't know, it seems like we're playing... Like, we're doing the same thing that we did a couple of seasons ago, or last season where we would have a decent half either at the start or the end of the match and a crap half either at the start or the end of the match never, never decent all the way through first half we were terrible I think that's the only way I can use to describe it well no, not necessarily I don't think it was the whole team it just seemed like there was no urgency nobody was running for the ball nobody was really putting in too many challenges um, so it just looked like we were, I don't know, it's like we're taking uh, safety as guaranteed at the moment, which it isn't, and it's really frustrating. Um, I thought Adebayo was absolutely atrocious in the first half, missing headers, not bothering to go for them. Uh, you know what, I, I understand he's a class player, but it just seems that maybe he hasn't got the stomach for a relegation fight, which... Unfortunately, although we're a few points ahead of, of the bottom three, we're in at the moment. We're in a relegation battle. Also, Suarez. Well, I don't even know where to start with this, brother. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Martin Kelly gets the nod over him in our next match because Suarez can play an absolutely pants. Um, positionally all over the place. Missing, missing tackles, um, getting riled up. I mean, to be fair, today he was up against one of the best players at the moment in world football, just in terms of the way that he plays and the way that he creates. Um, second half, we were a lot better. I still thought that we missed a little bit of the urgency, to be honest. Sacco coming on was, he was absolutely superb, actually. Um, getting balls into the box, um, tackling, harrying. And Bellassi in the second half decided to turn into beast mode, and he played really well as well. I feel really sorry for Kabai at the moment because he deserves better than that. He really does. But yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm not too happy. But you know, love my club. What can I do? There we go. Thank you very much to Dan for leaving us that voicemail just after the, the game finished few things coming across there, not at least that we can effectively end the show there because Dan has done everything for us, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. There's plenty of talking points that I'll pick out from that as well. Um, but going through to the, the notes I was making during the course of the game, 
um, one of the first things that, that Dan picked out there was about our um, our movement and how and very very early on I, I, you know, it was noticeable that um, Leicester were roughing us up a bit and, and a lot of kicks in on Balassi and they were pushing us very high like a lot of teams have done in this poor run really put an awful lot of pressure on us uh, but it was our movement that, that got me frustrated and, and no one suffers more from that than, than Wilf because there's this tendency to, to give Wilf the ball and then just expect him to go and beat two or three players um, with no one really giving him an option. Um, and that happened again and again and again. And it was it was just incredibly frustrating to watch. But um, I'll start with you, Terence, because, I mean, that, that's a fair criticism, isn't it? What is, what is behind this uh, this this sort of the static nature, both defending and attacking, really, people not showing for the ball? Because it wasn't the case earlier in the season. Two words, James MacArthur. It's... Um... Before he got injured, it would always be there'd always be two options for the centre backs to pass out to. Kabai would drop short, MacArthur would drop short, and then between the two of them, they'd short pass their way up the field and then open up better avenues for passing options to either the flanks or into the striker and so on. That option's just not there at the moment. Kabai's the only one dropping short, and it leaves Delaney and Dan with no real option other than to just punt it long. There was they were, can either pass to Kabai who's being pressed by pretty much every centre midfielder that the opposition is playing, or they can launch it over the top of them. And you end up with a scenario, as we have in recent weeks as well, playing back lines that are full of huge guys. So you end up um, added by your battling against Wes Morgan and Robert Hooth and unsurprisingly losing most of the time. Yeah, uh, it's a very good point. Uh, I mean, to add to that really... It worries me that that not showing for the ball, not looking for, not giving your teammates an option, just goes back again to this lack of confidence. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we just, I, I don't know where to start. We we just looked second to the ball, and is it confidence? Is it half arseness? But I don't, I don't think the team aren't trying. I, you know, that's the one thing I would say. But when you when you can when you compare the two teams. The Leicester were going for everything. They, but every player always had two players to pass to. The, the, the team were the Leicester team were making sure that they had options open all the time. All of our team was static when, whenever we had the ball, pretty much all of the time, waiting for a longer ball to come through. And it is it. We, the, I'm lost for words, Chris. Especially yeah. that first half. I don't mind. I don't mind losing to the league leaders, but no. It, it was a championship match at best. No, and, it wasn't great. Uh, and they're, they're not quality. And, and the reason they're, they're doing so well is they just don't give up and they're full of energy and like terriers about the pitch all the time. So, I don't know. I've probably answered a completely different question. because You have really, yeah. But I was in no, the chat room. I thought you were. Um, Gel? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, i tell you what frustrated me was surrendering completely surrendering possession in the first half to a team that statistically I think a second bottom of, of possession in the Premier League. Just scandalous. We're the, we're the home team. We're supposed to be taking the ball by the arms. We're supposed to be this sort of missing in the middle, you know, I'll use that half-arsed in that term, uh, uh, Nick, but half-arsed midfielders I'll, I'll, for the goal, you've got to watch Jednak. Jogging, jogging, looking. 
um, instead of sprinting. You know that thing where, they, where at the beginning of, of every game they put people in circles. Mm. Yeah, they get a circle and they get one player or two players in the middle, and you close down quick, quick, quick. Why do they do that? Because they, they definitely don't do that during the game. Um, I, I know it's something else, and I meant to say this last week that um, against Reading, it was painfully obvious um, that we were that, that our players weren't giving options. What they're looking for is the ball to be whacked at them rather than them go to offer themselves as an option. We are really, really lacking in so There is something very, very wrong um, that's, that's, that's affecting the psyche of the team because it's, um, it, 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 there's, there's definitely something wrong. We can't just be go, oh, yeah, well, we win in the cup away from home or, you know, we win in the cup. Hurrah. This is the, our bread and butter is, is yeah. the league. And um, there definitely feels like there's something wrong. Yeah, no, it's it's good for you to pick out the sort of the psychological aspect of it because it very much is. It's this, you know, they're going into games and you know they're thinking about it. You know they're thinking about the fact that we're the only team who hasn't won in the league in 2016. You know that there's this desperation to put that right. But but the focus kind of, I think, you know, the focus is not making, trying not to be the one who makes that mistake. And I say that because... You know the way we the way we defended and the way we have been defending is also very static. Trying to keep a shape, trying to keep a, you know, and um, uh, you know, trying to keep a sort of solid line if you like. But then you've got the fullbacks. And I know Lyons said this in the chat earlier on, Nick, about um, uh, the fullbacks becoming laughing stock. And Suarez, in particular, in that game, was down picked out. Was just positionally was just all over the place. The number yeah. of times he, he pushed up and, and left Mares on his own, and you can't do that. I um picked up on Suarez a few weeks ago, and you all had a go at me. Yeah, good. Um, I never. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, well, yeah. Again, I never. The same as when you picked up on like eighteen months ago when you picked up on Jedinek. Yeah, I was laughed at when I laughed. Yeah, he was at, abused, we, we on we abused. Yeah, that was. It wasn't laughed. It was abused. But, well, I think again we can all. But the thing is, at the time people like I say at the time you, you picked up on Jedinek, we weren't really struggling with Jedinek in the team. It, you know. And at the time you, you pick on Suarez, he wasn't really the weak link, but he has got worse. It, you know, perhaps you're uh, perhaps you're like Nostradamus. I don't know, or perhaps you jinxed him. I don't know. I'm going to blame you for that. I'm going to get Alex involved. Alex, um, it's been a while since you're on the show, but um, I suppose you've probably got a lot to say on that. But just a little bit about um, about why you think we are we are struggling the way we are. Do you know? I think it sounds as much as you, as you want to sort of stay with the manager and believe and certainly as Palace fans we we want to do that honestly when I look at the team I think for me there's not there's not a lack of fight but I think there's a lack of belief in what they're being asked to do I think Mm. it's it's got to the point where we struggled a few matches we didn't win and things are almost being start you know almost sort of overthought and and things are, are becoming too tactical for their own good the things that we are good at we get the ball out wide and we and we we cause people havoc we put our best winger down the middle you know, and and we have Joe Ledley playing left midfield, but filling you know filling gaps, filling spaces. You know, effectively just being a nuisance. He just for me, it's just everything that we're good at is now being kind of ripped apart from us. And and you, and you don't want to be negative, but every, all the things that that kept us up, everything that we were amazing at under Pardew when he first came in, we don't seem to be doing now. And I just think things are starting to be overthought. 
I think it's a, mm. a complete lack of belief. When we played Reading, we won, but I, I thought we were just dreadful. You know, we were unfit. We, so something that worries me is our fitness is is poor. Against Reading, the last fifteen minutes, absolutely blowing out their asses, and it was something that that was that was very much criticised at uh, Newcastle when McLaren came in. Um, he said, obviously, he's he's not the greatest manager, but he said that um, the players were unfit, and that was. Pardew and Carver's reign, and the same the same happened at West Ham. I, I just I just I'm starting to get to the point now where it, I'm getting I'm getting really really concerned about it, and, and it's all it's easy to look every week and go, oh look, we're fine, we're fine, but they're picking up results down below us now. We we probably need two wins to stay up, um, which is doable, but where's it going to come from? Because every week you think, oh, you know, we could do it now. Pressure's off against Leicester. Oh, we could do that, and we don't do it. And we haven't done it, what, for, for 13, 13, 14 games now. And it's just, it's worrying, isn't it? Because when does it turn? What changes? You can't change 11 players and ultimately don't want to because you know what they can do. But where where's the point that, that you say, look, something needs to change? Play them in their right positions now. That's what we've got to do. And that, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. But that, that's, that's, that's the manager, though, isn't it? Well, that's, that's the manager picking them. Do you know what? For the first time, for the first time yesterday, and I, I, I spoke to Dan, and he went, he went, right. I can't talk to you. He said, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be upbeat, and you're being downbeat. But for the first time yesterday, I, when we didn't have a legitimate forward in the park, I questioned. I'm questioning him now. Mm. I'm questioning Pardew because. Well, is that is that fair against the after playing against the league leaders though, Joe? Yeah, but it's or, or is it the No, I, no, no. I understand. No, Nick, I, I understand. No, I understand. And and like I said, I didn't expect to get anything from yesterday. They've lost two away games all season. That's why they're mm. top. They're, they're better than anybody else away from home. They're a superb side. They've hit on two or three. I mean, that Kente is probably, I'd say, he's the best midfielder in the country at the moment. He's, he's superb. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The geezer. For, for his size, he's a beast. He's an absolute beast. And you've got, and, and, they've, and they've hit. Listen, what, what Leicester have done is what we did back in the, back in the day when we, found, when we discovered Wrighty. I think he was 26. They've discovered him. They've, they, they, you know, they've discovered this natural-born scorer. They've got another fella come in, Mares, who everyone went... Arsenal looked at him for two years and didn't take the chance on him. Leicester did. Now... They, now well, they thought it was too cheap, didn't they? They thought he couldn't be that good because yeah, it didn't yeah, cost but, enough. Yeah, but everyone was coating him. I could see he turned... He run us ragged. The last two away games at, 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 uh, at whatever their place is called is at, at Philbert Street. I like, to, I like that word, the old names. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the name of the company. Different ground. Is, yeah, well, anyway. It was nice. King Power. Yeah, anyway. But they, he, that Mares has absolutely run us ragged. Run I know us what you mean, Jack. Yeah, but he does it to everybody. Yeah, when we, um, when we played, them, played them and beat them 1-0 um, the other, uh, at their place where Ledley scored, Mares just absolutely hammered us all game. But he's, it was just that... That end product, that that cross, it was either you know, a little bit long, but but yeah, but do you know what I mean? He, he was he was close to being brilliant. He was you know we couldn't do anything about it. It was just his his slight wastefulness on the, in that game that stopped him winning it for him. But he but stopped yeah. all that. He's he's come on brilliantly yeah. um, just from playing regularly, and now he's you know now he's he's almost unstoppable. But you say like Alex pulled up, pulled up on it about the fitness, like mm. like, like literally players like. Kabai, I mean, Wolf just looks, he just looked like he was dying, you know, at a, at a Reading game. They were absolutely, I know, you know, it was a hard pitch as well, it wasn't a soft pitch, you know, it was a rock hard well, pitch. So well, here's, let's, 
let's yeah let's let's take this in a little bit and it's on that topic on the topic of fitness and because um, I was looking at the lineup and I always ask the question what would I have done differently in that lineup what 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 would I have changed and and I immediately thought to myself that with the midfield that we had and the pace that they've got the pace was my biggest worry in that match. Um, but you know, when we start talking about fitness and you start looking at the players we've got available, you know, Terence. I mean, is is it a real? Is it really a problem? Is are, is this an unfit team? Are we not training right? Uh, no, it can't be a problem because if it was a problem, we would have signed someone in January, right? No, sorry, I'm being I'm being facetious. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, um, fitness is clearly a problem. It reminds me of that period in time just before Dowie came in when everyone was a mess. We were getting injuries all the time, kind of similar to like we are now. Dowie came in, brought in John Harbin, did a bunch of yoga, did some swimming, did some boxing. Um, Michael Hughes was referencing it in that um, quite brilliant documentary, I thought, that that the club did. Um, And everybody stopped getting injured. All the players were strong. So it's clear. I I think there's definitely something there. Um, Otherwise, we just wouldn't have these constant reoccurrences. It's not like anyone's going out for very large periods of time it's just niggly stuff so there must be a way that that can get sorted out what's going on obviously we're not privy to that behind the scenes sort of information but um, I don't know I want a lot of it I think a lot of it goes back to very back to the beginning of the season when we got rid of Ben Garner if I'm honest yeah all of the experience he's got the qualifications he's got and so on and we've got, got a bunch of old boys involved instead yeah, can I just sorry pick up on this? And, and I'll, I'll probably get criticised for saying this, but look at the staff that we've got now. And for me, you're looking at a bunch of yes men. You look at why bring in Salako and replace him with Garner. Why didn't he like Garner? Is that is that because he questioned him? Is that because you know he's got that you know potentially that that different style of coaching? For me now, he, he brings in Andy Hughes the other week, another inexperienced coach who's there to learn off of Pardew. Andy Woodman has been his right hand man for years and years and years. Is it getting to the point where actually we should have looked at getting a really experienced first team coaching in the summer? Mm. Someone and, and you you stick with your manager and your manager has the final say. But so you've got you know if you don't question yourself, you're not doing your right. You know you're not doing the job. Well, when we spoke to spoke to Woodman ourselves, didn't we? And and he said um, he said that that Pardew's somebody who wants to bring in people he trusts. It's important to him that that he can you know that he can relate to the, the people that are working underneath him. Whether they're better coaches or not, I don't know. But that was that seemed the motivation. Sorry, Tal. Yeah, Cop well, David. no, but Ben Garner, Ben Garner is qualified up to the hill with everything he needs to have. He's done where, and we disrespected him, offered him a liaison role between the youth team and the first team which now has been I assume it's what Mark Bright is doing mm. that's someone with who's gone through all those hours to put in those, the effort to get those qualifications and has aspirations to become a manager one day and we go and disrespect him and bring in a bunch of nobodies effectively who have all been either out of football as you say aligned with Pardew and of course Woodman's going to say he needs people he trusts because it just feels like it's an old boys club and if you've not got anyone there, I would much prefer to have someone there to challenge me. And if obviously we're speculating if that's what Ben Garner would have been doing. But I'd rather have someone there challenging me and making me think, you know what, actually, um, yeah, if you look at Pardew, Pardew is set in his mindset that he thinks that these runs of losing five, six, seven, eight and not winning in those amount of times, he thinks he's normal. And there's something inherently wrong with that. 
because he's like, oh, in my career, I've always had this ups and downs and ups and downs. And there, there cannot be another English manager or Premier League manager who has had consistently had runs of 10 games without a win. It just can't, it can't possibly, there can't possibly be anyone like it. So what he needs is someone there who's not aligned with him as a coach to say, actually, do you know what? Instead of saying in a press conference, uh, I could sit back and try and grind out some wins, but I don't think Palace fans want that. No, well, actually, at the moment, all we want is a bloody win. So, yes, yeah. I would quite <laughs> happily sit there and grind out a win. And I'd rather That's you have a qualified point. coach there telling you, actually, forget about this. Forget about the expansive football for a few weeks. Let's just knuckle down, pick up some results and then see where we can kick on from there. Don't think, just leave it stubbornly and think that you can go 9, 10, 11 games without a win like it's normal. It's not I normal. I mean, there's a, there's a fair few of the players who, who want to just sit down and grow, grind down at a winner as well, I think, yeah. which is something that they're used to doing. Yeah. A lot of that key squad. Gel? Um, this, is, this is a question for, for Alex and, and Tell, because they obviously know a lot more, well, they obviously know a lot more than me behind the scenes, but... When, and I hate to go to this to, to this fella because of uh, the way that he is. And but Pulis, I believe, bought his he's he has like an entourage that work mm. with him wherever he goes. From what I understand, um, and, and 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 other managers when they go, and Allardyce has got his own team, and where you know wherever he goes, they go with him. So. so when Pardew came down from Newcastle, did he? He came down on his own and then added Woodman some time Steve, later. He got the performance analyst as well, which is Ben, ben Stevens. Uh, ben, Ben, that was it. And then he, he brought uh, Woodman in in the summer, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, so 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 he hasn't got he hasn't got like um, someone that he relies on as a defensive coach. He hasn't got so he didn't restructure everything. No. So right, so he hasn't he hasn't bought people down from Newcastle as a you know with, with him as a team. He doesn't as have, he doesn't independently have a team that that will go with him wherever he decides to manage. No, only so, only so Woodman. It, so so that's it then. So that's just, so that would be you know if you have someone that that's where you have a structure of people that take care of defenders and someone that, take, well, that, that takes care is, of he, set he has, plays. But he has, isn't he? He's bought he's bought that's what he bought. Um, and yeah. But again, it's someone with. Little, no coaching experience. Played very briefly in the Premier League, didn't he? I think for, for Charles, I don't think he's, he was a kind of a regular in, in their in their team. You know, for me, you look at, and I hate to go back to this, like 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 with Pulis, but you look at the setup that he had. Dave Kemp, proven proven Premier League coach experience, been there and done that. The same with Pulis, and then and exactly the same with Jerry Francis. Um, but then you, what what happened before that? Uh, after that was Neil Warnock, and he brings in Kevin Blackwell and Ronnie Jepson, and you and you end up with a championship set up. And I think we're, I, I would I'd say it's harsh to say we've got a championship set up now, but as a as a as a coaching set up, I think we're a lot weaker now than than we were. John Carver and Steve Stones was. Um, mm. Steve Stone, don't add an S. <laughs> Come oh, on. sorry, I'm just reading. King B said that in the chat room. Whole slash chat. Nick, going back a bit, I'm actually yeah. Uh, there's some contact in the chat room that I wanted to get to. Is on the on the subject of we're talking about fitness and whether whether we're training hard enough. Uh, there's some interesting comments both from from Lions and Booted Eagle there that you uh, that you want to touch on. Yeah, Lions five fifty already. Forward slash chat. Leicester are top because they've had little injuries. Never underestimate that. Our squads aren't far apart. We've been ravaged by injuries and our squad has been exposed. And uh, Booted Eagle. Uh, said, I wonder if our training regime's too hard. I know that Leicester players have mentioned light training sessions. And that's that's the, I found that really interesting because we're in the middle of talking about we we had mentioned pre-show we're talking about the fact that 
Leicester have managed to avoid injuries to key players, and that, that does have a huge impact, you know, because that you know once you get your, your rhythm disrupted like we did, it's it's we've shown it can be very difficult to get it back. Not that I think that's an acceptable excuse for how how bad we've been. You know, four points out of thirteen games um, dropping from sixth to sixteenth is just not, you know, not really defensible. Um, I, I still but, think we've had a lot of bad luck against us, though. That, that, yeah, no, yeah. And, and it's just been game after game after game. Yesterday wasn't bad luck. Leicester reached a close game, really, didn't they? You know, it could have gone either way. But but the, the Sunderland's equaliser. The... Yeah, but that, is that bad luck, or is that the fact is that we we couldn't <coughs> we couldn't physically concentrate? For for that amount of time, everything you know, all that discipline, that concentration that that our Premier League survival and what we were so good at was was based on. And then you know, for two minutes, you know, two minutes certainly there at Sunderland, Sacco goes jogging. Other people you know can't really be asked to put in that that final that final what push about, with a couple of minutes to what go. What about the, the the penalty against us, Watford? The 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 hands round penalty. Um, yeah, and then Benteke gave away. Then we got the Benteke. Penalty and and, just little, and, def- and deflections and but you make your own luck. That's my that's my opinion. Oh, you yeah, we can't you make your own luck, don't you? You know, ultimately, you know, we say certain things that you know have gone against us. There's still there are still so many points that we should have picked up that we haven't picked up because of our, our probably lack of fitness and, and concentration. Uh, but that, that's the biggest one for me is just the discipline and the concentration to the structure. Now and that's where. I say when things are over, overthought is that you you look at our formation now and you try and work out exactly what's going on and he's playing out of Bayer on the left and Balassi down the middle. Just get back to basics when you're not doing well for me. Get back to basics. Do what we're good at. And especially when we played against Reading, I, I was furious. We went and played Reading with, with Ledley, Jedinak and Kabai. How, how negative is that against the Championship team? What, what got us out of the Championship? Two out-and-out wingers. And I would have started, you know... Two out and out wingers and hit a striker. You know, Glenn Murray was was never oh. a was it hey. never, hey. twenty seven <laughs> minutes. You've done really well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was never a thirty dollar season striker, but in the penalty area, and you know, strikers will score from there. Do you know mm. what? Just let me get, go back to that Reading game. You know, I was, I was with a fellow called John, and, I, and he's a he does a, a a company that does stats on football. He knows everything about every player in in all all, all the divisions. But I said to him, the, the schoolboy football that we're playing, even school kids, what they do, they get their fastest forward and they stick him on. A, you know, when even at corners or whatever. You, you stick your fastest player on the halfway line. It means that three of their players, two or three of their players, have got to stay back. But if you all defend, the ball can only ever come back. And that was what we were doing against Reading. I thought Reading... Are... I know they haven't lost a cup game at home for a long time, but, geez, we should have... You know, their goalkeeper had a bit of a... Well, but we, 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 we pandered... To... That's, we're pandering to teams. We're just letting them out, surrendering, surrendering play to them. It's, it's, hang on. No, Joe, I know what you mean. We, you know, we... Hardy talks an awful lot in the press about wanting to impose our game on the opposition, but we're doing the absolute opposite of that at the moment. Uh, Nick? Yeah, loads in the chat room. It's getting quite lively in there. Wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Um, where are we? Um, Coach Matt has agreed uh, with Gel. Go back to basics. Spurning in goal. Yannick and Wilf uh, on the wings and a striker like Gale up front. Um why, oh, why, oh, bloody why, and I'm very close to swearing, are we playing Yannick Central? I'm very, very angry. That's Coach Matt. 
Uh, Booted Eagle has said, uh, not one issue such as luck can be attributed to this dip. There are others such as poor finishing, defensive errors, formation injuries, a whole rainbow. Eagle in flight <laughs> says, we're in this together. People calling for Pardew to be sacked are, in my opinion, mistaken. Pardew isn't like Pulitzer Warnock. He is a palace man. He is as hurt as the rest of us. We need to be united going into this final phase. Um, yeah, but I'd also say that Peter Taylor was palace through and through. Yeah, and we, we definitely needed to get rid of, rid of him. <laughs> now, look, there's, there's, there's a lot in there. and I, I, To pick up on the Balassi playing central thing, I find it maddening when it, when it doesn't work. Um, but it is fair to say in our good run, that, that he'd actually started scoring goals and being a real danger. Um, and, and he has had good games in that position. It's just, it's just as Alex mentioned, when, you, when you're watching him playing through the centre and you've got Adebayor occupying the left wing, it, you know, that's, that's, there's something very wrong there. And, and we'll talk a bit about Adebayor in a moment because I, I've got a lot to say on that because I found it very frustrating and I'm not saying it was just down to his performance. Um, but, but very, very quickly, I want to, you know, just a quick nod to actually how the, the game unfolded. Because um, oh, I want us to talk about the goal. I don't. I haven't. Do you know what? It's something I haven't watched back. So I'm hoping someone actually has had the, the bottle to watch it back. Because <laughs> well, I, 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 I just watched it. So go on. So I mean, from my 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 notes at the time from watching it, I was just in the middle of moaning um, in my notes, like I like to do. I moan to myself to read back later on how um, the Leicester clearly fancied themselves down, down Mares's side uh, because of how often Soiree was being caught upfield. And as I wrote it, uh, Soiree had that initial chance that Dan, uh, sorry, that Hennessy saved well and, and sort of Dan cleared the resulting ball as it dribbled towards the, uh, towards the net. So I thought we were, we were struggling back then. But going through to the goal, my, my recollection is that we were, we, we were doing this all game and it was, I thought it was eventually, eventually going to cost us and it did. And it's, from a clearance, their midfield players are just sitting off and able to pick up our clearances. So we couldn't, we couldn't, we weren't relieving pressure, and that's where it came from. So go on, Joe. Am I right? <laughs> sitting thirty yards out. That's all. Thirty yards out. Yeah. But the thing is, when the ball comes out, we we're still we're standing still. We're ball watching, yeah. and and Jedi did that yesterday. Instead of instead of doing what I said, you know, you surround yourself in a circle, one or two players in the middle, and you chase the ball in, in a one touch in a one touch practice. In that in that situation, when the ball it was a poor clearance anyway, but when the ball comes out, he doesn't shut it down, and then it's just a gentle flick over which splits him and Ward allows um, Vardy. To, to and, it, and he, he, I don't think it was a shot. To be honest, I think it no. was a, a murderous cross. Um, but the, but the thing is, uh, uh, Suarez is just well, he's even, he ain't even ball watching. He's just or he, he should, you know, he should be with Maris. He's got Maris for pace, but yeah. um, no chance, absolutely no chance. But but uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, when you're going when you're going good, you're on the end of crosses. You know, well, exactly, exactly. When, it, when it's, it's game bad, we're not. Yeah, yeah. But that—that's—it's exactly it. We're having to think. We're having to try and think our way out of it, and we're failing at that. But we're but conceding the, bad goals. We are conceding yeah. bad goals. That was a bad goal. I uh, got a couple of uh, bits in earlier on. Um, hmm. uh, actually, no. I'll just take this one from Brummy Eagle. He's saying so many last-minute injuries suggest training issues. Playing three wingers is ridiculous. With Gale and Campbell on the bench and drop Ward. So we want to drop Soiree, we want to drop Ward, <laughs> and so so who plays in those positions? I guess Mar- Mariapra one side, Kelly the other. What do you reckon, Tell? Um, <laughs> it's 
Yeah, I guess I thought I thought Martin Kelly did really well when he came on. Mm. Um, uh, I think we nullified. With Mares was hardly effective in the second half. Um, Joel Ward. I don't know, it's the age old <laughs> since he got married. Don't say anything, Joel. <laughs> Stop. You had to cut it out last time. <laughs> you? Um, no. It got, it got edited out. It really did. So don't go there. <laughs> um, so something needs to change. Even if it's just to give him a kick up the arse. It's, it's the thing with Connor Wickham, like we were saying. All of a sudden, he got competition for plays with Adebayor and he started scoring goals. Just to up your game a bit. Soiree and Joel Ward have no competition. They have no legitimate competition for their place. So they just know that they're going to be on the team sheet every week. Well, he I mean, did. He had uh, Jack Hunt, didn't he? But we sold him. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, never, we will never know if he was ever going to be good enough, will we? Well, we, 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 just we, never, we? We were never going to know whether Ward was good enough. Ward played all over. He, he played everywhere, didn't he? Apart from goalkeeper, I think, at, at Portsmouth. Yeah, so, but... Um, so we still I'm, paid I'm, 450 grand for him. No, but I mean... It's, it's all hypothetical, isn't it? He hasn't. He wasn't given a chance. He broke his le- broke his ankle or whatever he did. He was. That's it. It's, we'll, we'll never know. Yeah, he's a championship um, player I'll, now, so yeah. Uh, but well, that for him, he's going to have to obviously work his way back up through the championship. He's he's not going to without playing a Premier League game. He's not all of a sudden become a Premier League player, is he? So, no. um, so yeah, I think there needs to be some competition for places for them again. Um, I, I hope that's something that gets sorted out in the summer. But I mean. On on Suarez, I've I'm now absolutely lost uh, to what he offers us. In the first few games, I thought it was quite exciting how he got forward and um, he put in a couple of decent crosses. But now all these crosses either seem to hit the roof of the net or the goalkeeper's hands, and he's positionally shocking. On <laughs> at one point in that first half, he managed to lose an eighty twenty ball challenge in his favour, and then they have to chase back and rugby tackle someone to take a book in. Yeah, and as we've discussed already, for the guy, he was all over. He was all over the place. And the other day, Pardew was said, Suarez back from suspension now, and that's a big plus for us. If, if he thinks that's a big plus, uh, he needs to check everyone else on all sorts of social network <laughs> networking platforms sighing when it was revealed that he was back, and he would be straight in a team over Kelly. I think the point he, he makes on Suarez often is, is the balance having a left-footed left-back gives us. And, and there's a lot to be said about the balance of the team. And we always talk about putting players in their right positions. And, you know, I think a left-footed left-back, generally speaking, is a, is a positive. But not, when, not where, when we're in this run. If we're in a position where, you know, we've got someone effectively screening the back four. Um, so, you know, Delaney's not being constantly asked to go out to the left-back position to cover for Suarez, which happens an awful lot, and I think that gets missed in some of the criticism that Damo gets. He's it's very difficult to have a, an, an effective centre back partnership when you're also playing left back. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, but, that, but by, by doing that, by trying to cover him, what he does, he's in he creates a space yeah. in between the two centre backs for, for 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 forwards to run into. Well, of course, that, yeah, that's the and, point. And, yeah. and that's what they're ne- they're never supposed to be more than five to eight yards apart. And that when we were successful. That's, they were never they were never that far apart. No. But now but it's the same cover. Like you see you, you see you see um uh Dan. Because because Ward's out of position and and, and uh Vardy FC gets in behind him, Dan has to come over. But by the time Dan comes over, Vardy's murdered the ball across. Of course Dan's Dan's sitting where the right back is, where the right back should be, and and he's out of position. And and what's his name can come in dancing from the far post because Suarez ain't got a clue about anything, um, and, and has lost him. 
you know we what the result is? We can all see it. We can all see it, but he can't. I can't. I, I don't understand it. Well, you know. I think he can. I think there's a limit to what the manager can do about players doing that in the game. I mean, it's again, we're talking about who we can replace replace people with, and it's not just that. It, it's you know, there's a there's something there's something else because it's the same back four. It's the same essentially the same personnel that were doing the right things earlier on in the season. So what's changed is is the is the question. And I do still think confidence has got a lot to do with it. But you were about to speak, Tell. I was just saying, for what Joe was saying, three five two had resolved that, mate. <laughs> he loves a three five two. Um, yeah, I, I, do you know what? I'm not against that at the moment. I just, I just want something. Something don't, don't you dare! Don't we've you we've dare. got to try something. I'll, I'll, I'm um, saying, I'd, I'd drop Jed and that back in there, mate. Make him a centre back. In, in a centre back three, kind of like a sweeper thing. Remember what um, Andy Roberts used to do? Yeah. I do remember what Andy Roberts used to do. I, like, I just started I like, to drift off as you were saying that. I like the pause as you were remembering Andy Roberts. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> got, got, I got all wistful. I sort of like. I know Robbo. He's such a nice guy. But have you seen him? Have you seen, anyone seen him in the last few years? No. No. Has he gone all ships on us? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Couple of bits in the chat, Nick. Lovely. Yeah, Coach Matt says Jedi would give away too many penalties, which is a fair point. Um, Lions five fifty. Um, we got the bleeper ready. Make the time, uh, Mikey. Fuck me. Even Freeman would get them better organised at the back. There, I said it. I feel dirty now. <laughs> there you go. Um, Dougie Freeman made some terrible defenders defend well. Let, 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 let's, Dougie, Dougie Freeman holds a club record for most consecutive home games without conceding a goal. So I, 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 I wouldn't use that as an insult. <laughs> It's sometimes hard to remember that though through the uh, the fog of sleep that it caused. But <laughs> during um, that one that one win in the twenty four game, <laughs> and it, was three, it, was three, it was three. It was three. It was three in twenty four. You're right. Okay. You're right. Obviously, oh. our attackers being really a sort of um, positive, like Jermaine Easter getting through on goal and turning around. It was a. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It just, you, you know, you used to sit on the ball and just try and hold it up. I think it was Barnsley at home. Got through I mean, one look, and just decided Alex, to hold it up. You're laying into him, but it was a tough choice between Murray and Jermaine Easter at times, wasn't oh it? Oh my you know? god! Can you imagine that? Do you remember that, that argument that we used to have, oh, Easter god. or Murray? Goodness gracious! <laughs> um, I've got a few um, a few points of discussion I want to talk about, and uh, this kind of sums us up at the moment. And it uh, and Shit. I. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking at the, the, the way we were playing, and it, it just occurred to me to ask, what what actually is our system? What actually is our aim? Do we we don't set up with, you know, you can categorise teams as certain things. You can you can look at Leicester; they were a high energy, high pressing team that looked to exploit um, Mores mainly. What what are we? Does anyone want to take a stab at that? Well, I will refer to what I, what I spoke to earlier about sort of. Are, do do the players know exactly what it is that they're they're trying to that they're being asked to do? Do we know exactly what our game plan is, or or are things being over over complicated and overthought? Like for me at the moment, this Joe Ledley thing, I just I just I do not understand it. What he's basically playing left central midfield, kind of a little bit further out, so Suarez can bomb on and and get the ball in the box. You can see exactly what he's trying to do, but you can see exactly how it's not working. And he just and he continues to go with it. And and he did it against Liverpool and I thought, you know what, fair enough, fill a bit of space. He's trying to get a point out of that. But then he did it against Reading and then again against Leicester. I just I it's just 
I, I'm just I'm, I'm really really worried at this moment in time that the players aren't really sure what it is they're being asked to do. And I know when we played against Reading, Delaney was arguing with Pardew for literally an hour because because it just it's not working, and he just stands there with his arms folded and, and thinks that it's going to happen and, and it's going to come. And 14 games later, it still hasn't come. Damo as manager, get him in. Yeah, well, well Maddie, Maddie McCarthy, first team coach, when we played against uh, Leicester, remember that? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> job. What's he doing these days? So now he's <laughs> well, definitely get, injured. Getting paid five figures. Spends a lot of time down the bank. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyway, um, his fitness. Anyway, <laughs> do you ever yeah. think he'll play for us again? No. no, come on, don't be ridiculous. No, that's what I'm saying. All right, so do you ever think Jules will play for us again? No. Yeah. You do? Mm. So, we got so, so, Al, I agree with you. I don't think he will do. Um, Who's going to do it? He would have done it. Yeah. So, yeah, at, by, by the end of the season. So, that's two of our 25, isn't it? By the end of the season. So, that's, that's, two, of our, that's two of our 25 that we know that are probably not going to... But it won't be for, for the end of the season, because if we don't... Like I said to you, and I've said for ages and ages now, you know, and, and people are finally starting to come round to it. Is Norwich is our biggest game for three years? Yep, Selling you now. Yeah, it is. You do know Paddy's not in the twenty-five. He's not in it. Okay. No, I mean even that would. I mean that's happened. To, I know. I understand why you thought that because he had been in the twenty-five a couple of times when there was literally no chance of him playing. But um, that would have been absolutely indefensible. I'm sure. I, I, I think. I mean, Mikey said it in the chat. I think. I th- I'll be if he is in there, then I, you know I take it back, and I'm an idiot. But I don't, I don't think so. Um, okay, another question. Uh, we all, we all seem to fancy ourselves as uh, as sort of managers on here, don't we? Somehow we sort of you know we we see, we're saying we can see it. How can't he? All this kind of stuff. So why is it so easy to stop us? Why is it so easy to high press us and and, and we can't cope? And how would you how would you deal with it? Who am I going to ask that question to? Nick, you haven't spoke for a while. Go on. Um. We, we, we're just not offering people to pass to. It, it's a long ball forward, which is easily just headed back or controlled and played back. We've got to start playing the ball out again and, and actually playing attacking football. And then and trying... Ah, nice <coughs> and cliche, we've got to try and entertain a little bit. And actually, when we're direct, when we pass the ball quick, we're direct, we are dangerous. Yeah. And if we, I know that- that's, that's, that's the classic palace, isn't it? Quick... Quick break, down the wings, knock it into the centre. So yesterday, we're, I mean, we've only been losing games by the odd goal. So, I mean, it's not like we're getting tanked 4 or 5 nil every week, is it? But we've got to get more goals. And if you've, if you've got players going forward on the wing so many times, we didn't have people in the box. And the no, midfielder jogging out. So we just need to have verve and vigour, I think. Verve <laughs> and vigour. But we should... We should be um, looking at how the other teams playing and, and knowing what the, how they're going to play against us. Being able to do that, and I'm not sure that uh, we mentioned the coaching team, but yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. It does, know, look, it doesn't. It, it you mean go back at going back to what Dan said in his, his voicemail right at the start, and something that uh, a thing that we've visited a number of times on the show is that we can't seem to put ninety minutes together. You know, it's 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 usually one half at best where. We're kind of performing at the level we should be, you know, and that, you know, there's a, there's a warning sign there. But, you know, 
when you are being high pressed, I think that's because because teams have identified that as a weakness, and that comes a lot from the fact that certain players aren't really equipped to sort of play out from the back, you know, and you, you can't just make them do it, you know. So, you know, they they have targeted us to a point. They, they've realised that if they if they stifle Kabai, then they stop us being able to play the way Pardew wants us to play. But it doesn't stop him setting us up for that. And when you stop that happening. Uh, and, and this this goes on to a conversation about Adebayor, in my view. You know, there's a, that's a striker who who you need to be playing for the fact that he will not be running the channels. He will not be chasing down lost causes. He won't be putting himself about for 90 minutes in the same way Conor Wickham does. What he does is he makes clever, intelligent runs in and around the penalty area. He gets up for, for decent crosses, decent service into the box. And he can play hold-up if you play it to his feet. What he doesn't do is hold up if you punt it in the air and make him try and challenge two centre-backs. Now, he gets a lot of stick for being ineffective, but thats I don't think that's down to how he's been playing or how he's been trying. And he was a very, very frustrated man yesterday. The other um, thing as well, Chris, that, that he is proven at this level, his ratio at this level is fantastic. He's played for two of the biggest clubs in this country, at the, you know, at the moment, at, and, and played at the top, top level. You know, he's played for Real Madrid. He's, he is more than good enough for, our, for us, but by putting him out on the left wing and putting Balassi in, in central, it just, just get back to basics. Honestly, Ooh. I just, it, as long as you give it a try, you know, you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know? So, yeah. well, look, he's, he's had two, in my, in my view, he's had two proper crosses in to a decent area that I can really recall. And one he scored with against Watford and one yeah, the he hit bar. the bar with against Liverpool. And, yeah. and how often have we done that for him? Very rarely. And I know Joe always talks about getting crosses in the box and, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's the right, it's the right thing to do if we're going to play him. Joe. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm going to go back to the to the Reading game, and and it, when our goalkeeper's got the ball, wherever it may be from, from different weeks, um, our our fullback should be should be sprinting out to give a, a, an option. If you watch any virtually any team in the Premier League now, they're not hoofing, maybe Stoke, but you know they're not hoofing. They're always looking to give the ball. So you, if they're playing four four five one or whatever, you will have a centre back offer himself. And the left and right back offering themselves as an option, but going wide, we're not doing that. We weren't doing that the other day, and we are still not doing that now. And the thing is, when you leave the goalkeeper, the only option for the goalkeeper is to hoof it upfield, or to do what Hennessy loves to do, and to and to throw it at full pelt at a player, you know, <laughs> sixty yards away, that that then puts him under pressure because the the. The opposition can see what he's going to do and are shutting him down, and, and you know, and we're surrendering possession. It's just, it's. I, I just think it's real basic, like literally some of it. And I hate to use this because you know, but it's almost schoolboyish. Mm. It really, really is. You know, you go go to a go to go to a Sunday league, and you will you will hear the manager or the the goalkeeper be looking out right or left to give an option. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but again, these are things that um, you know when you're struggling. Sometimes it's you know it's, it's that kind of basic stuff, that kind of change that would make a difference, and I hope we see it soon. Um, we'll have plenty more from the guys in a minute, but just if you want to get in touch today, don't forget tweet at HOL Radio, or you can uh, go to the chat room holradio.net forward slash chat and have your say on all the topics of discussion today. Um, so, okay. Last last little bit really on on, on Adebayor, um, you know, 
if I mean when if when Wickham's fit, and I know Terence, you you and me are particular fans of Wickham. I think he's a, a fantastic signing and a, and, a, and an excellent player for us. Um, can he can he play with with Adebayor? Can that be an effective system? And if so, who who misses out? Um, I think we've tried to play him with each other a couple of times. Um, in periods, it worked. Um, can't. Connor Wickham assisted Adebayor's only goal with a cross when he was out wide. I thought with Spurs, they did really well. Um, Connor Wickham, he's, how he's going to have to work is Connor Wickham would have to do a lot of the donkey work, basically, to open up space for Adebayor. And I don't think Connor Wickham necessarily has any particular problem with doing that, but he's shown himself as well that he can score goals. So um, if I had to pick out of all of them based on current form and based on the if we don't have a striker because of the sort of service, if we don't have a striker that's prepared to battle for us, the ball keeps coming back. So just basically on those grounds, I would have to say that Wickham has to go. Terence, can you address this? Put in a shift and battle. Can you address this comment uh, that Nick's about to read to you? From the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat, the views I'm reading out aren't necessarily my own. Keely, 97. Wickham <laughs> had three good games. Stop fanboying him. Yeah, stop fanboying him. <laughs> I'm just about to read that. That's great. Wickham's had three good games. No, he hasn't. But that's what is it, that, I'm. I'm sorry. It's absolutely laughable. That is that is a complete and utter joke. So okay, so he scored two goals against West Brom. Did he have a good game there? He scored two goals against uh, Sunderland. Did he have a good game there? He basically dominated the Chelsea back line when we won at Stamford Bridge. Did he have a good game there? Away at Anfield, that he um, absolutely dominated Liverpool's defence and was the sole reason we won. Did he have a bad game there? Shall I go on? Yeah, well, you've immediately. And this is someone who's picking up injuries all the time. Every time things are starting to get good for him. He, he has a good run of games, he gets injured. He has a good run of games, he gets injured. As soon as everything's about to take off for him, he's getting injured. Trust me, he's got five goals in 12 starts this season. That is 15, 16 goals a season if you project that over the whole course of the season. Nonsense. Utter nonsense. So you are a fanny boy then? <laughs> Nick, you, I've, again, I, I'm forced to say this. Say it to yourself, like in your head. And then you think is that is that worth saying? And then and then when you realise it isn't worth saying, don't say it. Or just wait for Mikey to edit it out. It's worth, yeah, <laughs> worth it, Nick. Then bully you. <laughs> so You're always I'm, I'm, next time I host, I'm going to have the buttons in front of me. I forgot about the buttons last week, <laughs> where I could make Chris say what I wanted. Fair enough. On about um, Wickham, um, what is what's wrong with him this week? Thigh. Thigh. Seriously? Yeah, is yeah, that with a with a knackered thigh? Mm. A knackered thigh. I thought yeah, I thought you got run over by the team bus after the after one of the games. I can't <laughs> I can't work out how he just gets injured and injured and injured. Maybe he does he maybe needs some leg days down the gym instead of just working on his chest. I don't it, know. It, it is it is it's frustrating, Joe. It's frustrating to keep losing Conor Wickham because we do play a lot better with him in the team. Um, although Keely ninety seven may disagree with that, but I, I genuinely feel that um, that, that our, our, we well, I don't think we'd be in this position had he maintained fitness. And you know, a lot of people called him injury prone, and I guess in the Palace shirt he has been. But prior to prior to joining Palace, that simply wasn't the case. So look, you know, hopefully he'll be he'll be back shortly. I believe Pardew suggesting he might well be back for 
for the next game after the international break and that MacArthur's actually not too far behind him. Get those two boys back in the team and um, hopefully no further injuries and I'll, and I'll be feeling a lot more comfortable. Um, but there we go. So, I mean, we, we start, you know, you start looking at the remaining games and where we're going to pick up points. And the two games that, that stick out for me are, are, are Norwich and Newcastle. I mean, those are vital games. I think win both of those as we are capable of doing, you know, and we can... We can kind of put this season behind us, but, but it's the, it's the uh, bloody Sunderland jinx, isn't it? We play the shit teams and we're crap. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, that's the funny that's thing. What I kind of, me. I kind of feel that we'll we'll be we'll be much more likely to get um, to to actually stay up by scraping a few points against the better teams. Is the way it's going at the moment, but you know, look, someone put up a little thing on on Twitter not too long ago suggesting that the actual odds of us being relegated are four percent at the moment. Was uh, it? Was it put in a reasoned way, Chris? Just uh, thinking about our feature later. Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> we, well done for teasing a feature in a sort of cryptic way. That's very good of you. Do, yeah. do you know the, that that four percent? Do you reckon we were fewer than four percent in ninety two, ninety three? Probably, yeah. <laughs> 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 if, any, if anyone could do it. Yeah, earlier on in the um, in this poor run, I think a couple, about a month ago, we were something like zero point one three percent. So we were doing our best. <laughs> to get that increasing week by week, but uh, it's, a, it's a really frustrating time for us at the moment. It really is, and um, it's difficult. But we had to, look. There's it, no, let's, you know, there's no denying the fact that we did actually have, you know, a half decent second half. We did change things again. Pardew was able to address some of the errors that we'd been making to, um, you know, we effectively sacrifice a striker who had been left isolated and, and change things about. And you know, but for, you know, but but for a slightly too high shot, you know, Damo would have equalised at the end and we'd have an extra point and think people would be feeling a lot better about things. So, you know, and you know, it's it's difficult, I don't know. We aren't the first team to not be able to stop Leicester and the problem is you can't really have a reasoned discussion about that off the back of, of an appalling run that we're on. And, and this is where we start getting into, um, we've been running a couple of polls on this and um, taking in various different bits of information off of people. Um, who've been getting in contact with the show throughout the course of the last uh, 24 hours or so. And it's it's about the manager. You know, we, we've talked around it. Um, anyone on the, the panel here lost faith in, in Alan Pardew right now? Nearly. If it was anybody else, I think they'd have been gone. I think he's only here because he's Pardew. And, and he's going to take us to FA Cup glory and I'll cry at Wembley and then go on a European tour. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, not, not yet. Not yet. I think, um, uh, if we lose, uh, well, it's at any point, if we, if we lose either that Norwich game or that Watford game or both, um, I think, what, what do you do with him then? Where do you go from there? If we lose to Norwich and then we've lost and we're out of the FA Cup, it's hard to see do you give him 10 games at the start of next season? I, th- I think it's going to start to get very hairy for him. But beat Norwich, beat Watford and go to the FA Cup final. It, give him a chance to regroup in the summer. Then if you're basically making a decision, do you trust him to regroup in the summer? Do you trust him to make the signings that we need? Um, I think he's, his signing policy at Newcastle had been so hit and miss in the past. You never know. You might You might get the players in that will take you to fifth in the league. You might get the players in that end up finishing just above relegation zone, so you never know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, tough it's one. a tough. Yeah, it really is, and that's a that's an excellent point. You know, if, 
we'd sort of finished top ten again, or or pushed on even higher, like we were looking to do. You know, adding players to the similar quality to to Kabai and getting him the players that he needs in and around him. Um, you know that that which was the plan. Let's face it, we we you know we said as much. Um, it's a lot easier. You can't really do that if you've if you dropped the way we've dropped. But you know, who knows? I, Alex, At least he um, won't be going to England now. Well, no, exactly. We're worried about well, that. There's we? that. There's that new contract on the table for him. I wonder if we've sort of put that in a drawer and locked it for the time being. I'm not too sure. Uh, Alex, have you lost faith in Alan Pardew yet? Mm, I do not think Alan Pardew is will be the long-term option for Crystal Palace. I don't know who will be, but my personal opinion is that now it's got to a point where I, I just I just feel that he's potentially lost the dressing room. And obviously, we know as soon as that happens, it's um, you know time's up, isn't it? Really, it's, I don't want to be negative. I'd love, I'd love it to to work out and be magical, but we're we're only going in one direction at the moment. And yeah, we're in the semi-finals, the FA Cup, but it's absolutely inexcusable. Um, I, I I could potentially see depends how we do depends how we do in the, in the FA Cup, I think. But I, I could potentially see something happening in the summer. It's, it's amazing how things have changed, it really is. A uh, couple of uh, comments in from the chat room, Nick. Yeah, Keely97, uh, in response to Terence, um, says, Oh, I just got rinsed. <laughs> I do like Wickham, but he just doesn't quite deserve Jules or Will Stale love yet. Yeah, fair Coach enough. Coach Matt, um, if Pards is arrogant enough to think he knows it all and won't listen to others, then laters. If he is humble enough to recognise that he hasn't got all the answers and he's prepared to make changes, then keep him. Um, lots of people tell you we're talking about whether Pards has lost the dressing room. Is there any evidence, says Eagle in flight? And Lyons says, I hear... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear what Alex is saying. He's asked if your voice is breaking. It's very croaky. Um, but Heavy Pars one last had... night. <laughs> but but Paz has had far, far was worse she? dressing rooms in Newcastle and still pulled them around. <laughs> you had to go there, Jeff. Can't believe Joe said that. I really hope that, um, that that was slightly obscured, that comment, Joe, because, I mean, I enjoyed it, but. <laughs> um, we ran a, ran a poll on this on Twitter earlier on. Um, the question was, if Alan Pardew remains Palace manager, what happens? Um, options being we stay up, we get relegated. 66% say we'll stay up um, off, off of, a, of a fair well, a few hundred votes there. So, um, yeah, that's... I don't know. Can far, I, can I far comment far on the um, change? I don't think he's lost a change room. I don't think Pardew ever loses a change room, does he? Everyone, uh, everyone's, everyone seems very happy. 
And I think that's yeah. probably part of the problem now that we all feel, um, we all still feel a bit too comfortable. Um, it's, it's like he, Ma- he certainly lost. He certainly had some very uh, tender relationships with uh, with with players before. Though. Alex White, <laughs> unless you want your appearance on the show to be a lot longer, uh, wait. Nick. Oh, you know what I mean. I can't be bothered. I can't. No, but he, he's, when you're he's known for falling out with people. Yeah, he has. He has. Had. But that always happens for a manager. There's always individuals. We were any individual who isn't playing for a start um, will have issues with the manager. But there's always, you know, I, I don't think. I don't think you can avoid it. When you think about the strong characters we've got at Palace, people like you know Delaney and, and Jednak who have been there, you know, through through getting us up into the league and have proved themselves at, at Premier League level when everyone had written them off. Um, if a manager comes in and sort of wants to change the way they play and, and effectively, you know, ask them to do things that they're not comfortable doing and when they're not at their best, I think I think they are gonna gonna struggle to to believe in what that manager says and think it's the right way to go. Who was the um, the player that said I'll be here longer than you to Holloway? Was it Owen Garvin? Owen he was Garvin. Garvin. He was. <laughs> and he was. He was right all that time. And we laughed at him, didn't we? Yeah. But I like, you know, they can laugh at Owen Garvin for other reasons as well. Having said that, you know, <laughs> important part of us uh, getting promotion. Do you think really... Owen Garvin will make our 25? Um, probably not. Probably not. Oh, you guys are out of order, man. Owen Garvin did a great job for us in that promotion season. He did. Leave him alone. He did. He was I think he was good very like good. Free, great at free kicks as well. If second assists was a stat, and I don't know why it isn't yet, i.e. the person who passed to the person who assisted the goal, <laughs> Owen Garvin would have had a shit ton of them. <laughs> he always released that person who set up the goal. He was he did a great job for us, Owen Garvin. Just because he run like a pigeon, he got loads of stick. <laughs> he held, holds the tray when he runs. <laughs> <laughs> um... Little trip down memory lane about Owen Garvin there. Very enjoyable. I liked the one. Was he the one long sleeve and one short sleeve as well? Was that Owen Garvin that used to do that? He used to pull up one sleeve and leave the other one long. I no? don't know, but are you thinking about the Hunchback of Notre Dame? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh God damn it, Alex! Do you know what? Actually, to be honest with you, that when only Nick laughs at your comment, you know you shouldn't <laughs> have said it. <laughs> um, I tell you what, I know nothing it. these days. My, my son don't even know who the Beatles are. It's terrible. They learn nothing at school these days. Isn't that a car? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in, the, um, in the chat room, Keely97 written, I loved Garvin. And then Lions has written back, Stop being a Garvin fanboy, Keely. <laughs> 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 and Keely's left the chat room. Well done, Anyway, so. That's chat. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Um, so look, anyway, it's it's you know the, the discussion over whether or not um, Pardew should remain in charge. It was very interesting that um, looking at the comments we received on Twitter versus the comments we received on Facebook, we noticed quite some considerable distance. So um, some distance difference um, in the in the tone. I don't know whether it's because you're more accountable on Facebook when it's your actual name and picture, or on Twitter you can just invent a character to troll people and all that kind of crap. I don't know, but um, we did notice quite a significant difference. So I wonder if you'll pick, it up, pick up on it as we play a, a lovely little clip for you right now. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Tom Woodley, 
No, don't sack him. We can't go on this roller coaster again. Can we all just calm down? It's an awful run, but we need to stick together and keep fighting. Yes, it would seem we're being drawn into a relegation scrap, but I honestly think we'll be fine. Alex. I was expecting to see hashtag Pardew out trending. Why shouldn't it be? <laughs> Derek Bradley. Ridiculous. A few months ago, he was being lauded as the next England manager. We've been through worse. Get behind Pardew, a top manager who's a fantastic man manager. He'll come through it. At the start of the season, I would have taken our league position at an FA Cup semi-final. Bill, too many bad weekends. I'm finally there. Pardew hasn't got a clue. Hashtag Pardew out. Daniel Clemens. There is no one out there, in my opinion, would be better. Pardew is Palace through and through. And yes, we've had a rotten run, but we're still a Premier League side and shouldn't get above our station as look where we've come from. Stick with him and let's hope we can make one or two decent signings in the summer. Calling for him to get the sack is ridiculous. Daniel, Pardew's tactics are poor. The lassie is not a striker and Damo is just punting it forward. It's not good enough. Hashtag Pardew out. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. net. Christopher? Yeah? Have you ever thought of doing our tune, mate? <laughs> You're really good at that. Thanks, thanks. I uh, enjoyed your anger. It was quite difficult not to laugh during the recording of that. Yes. Um, yeah, Indeed. good stuff. Well, there you go. I wonder if you can spot which comments were from Facebook and which were from Twitter. But there we are. Interesting. Um... I uh, just want to quickly go back to the game and um, and, and talk about um, the performance of Sacco off the bench and where we see him uh, potentially fitting in later on. But before we do that, just to, just let's entertain the idea that you know we, we feel that things have gone as far as they're going to go with, with Pardew and he's not going to arrest this decline and it's a real problem and the players aren't happy and um, blah, 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 blah. Let's uh, say that happens. Is there anyone out there right now who can replace him? And, if, and we've had people suggest, oh, I'll just get Mourinho in until the end of the season. Okay, okay, let's let's not say things like that. Um, but is there any ser- serious suggestions on what people would like to see? Um, I'm going to ask you in turn. But um, Joe, you're a knowledgeable man. Any any manager out there you'd like to see come in and replace Pardew if the worst happens? Um, mm, this is it, Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd say that. <laughs> he loves us. He loves us, and and I and I would like to. The only thing about Mourinho is I've taken. Uh, a, a bit of notice about what a lot of people have said, and that he generally wants to be working with world class players. Um, and when things aren't working, he just gets the owners to go out and spend twenty five, thirty million on on a player, and then bins the other one. You know, so and, and we can't do that. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I really at, at this very moment, um, I would say. Oh, come back to me. I'm. I'm gonna think. Yeah, there is, uh, You know, I'm. I'm struggling. There isn't really anyone it's out a tough there. one. Terence. Um, Eddie Izzard. <laughs> Good shout. He's just yes. completed two marathons today. I tell you what, they they would be bloody fit, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah <laughs> currently got. He's run fifty six miles in eleven hours and five minutes. If that isn't inspirational enough, I don't know what more you want. <laughs> just say, um, if anyone listening to this is yet to donate to, to Eddie Izzard's uh, sport relief campaign, and bear in mind he did 27 marathons in 27 days. Um, it was just absolutely f- unbelievable 
I could well, I could probably eat twenty seven marathons. In <laughs> Damn you! I was going to do that game. <laughs> uh, for the kids, marathons were what they used to call Snickers. Anyway, um, if you do want to donate to that, it's uh, just text seven zero 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 five and text the word "run" and it will take five pounds off on your stick five pounds on your phone bill, and it's for a great cause and it's to reward a, an absolutely superhuman effort. Apparently, um, um, if Britain did leave the EU, marathons are going to get their names back. Yeah, that that isn't true, Nick, is it? No, no, no. sorry. And Starburst will become Opal Fruits again, like they should uh, be. <laughs> like they should be, yeah, exactly. What is a Starburst, isn't anyway. Oh, There's some names in the um, chat. There's some ideas in the chat from new manager. Would you like to hear yeah, some? Yeah, I would. I would very much like to hear some. Um, John McCormick 6 says Venga. Uh, Keely97 says maybe Karanka. Uh, a couple of people said Marino. Um, Moyes and Rogers. Premier fan has said Pearson. But he'd only want to come back to finish off um, what's his face. Somebody would get off, <laughs> I'd get Sean Derry in. I love Sean Derry, but uh, I'm near. Do you actually um, believe that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Brendan Rogers has a suggestion from your brother Grant Nick uh, on Is Twitter. It? Yeah, I don't think he. Brendan Rogers is going to try and play kind of more similar expansive football I don't think we currently have the players for it nor are we going to be able to attract the players for it ironically and it will never of course 100% never happen Mourinho would actually suit our style of play he likes to have a stubborn black line that doesn't give up that much and have your two creative players down the flanks and your beastly striker in the middle like we'd actually it actually suit us really well but it's obviously never going to happen um, and in the discussion we're having this this is why Probably Pardew is going to be here to at least the end of the season because who are you going to replace him with? We'll never get sacked. Uh, in Lucy, the suggested, Lucy suggested Martinez on uh, on uh, on Twitter. Oh. There, I think he's got a job, hasn't he? John Carver, Steph in the chat room says Sean Dyche. Uh, good manager, actually. Got a lot of time for him. Is he still uh, at Burnley? He just needs yeah. to clear his throat. That yeah, it's really not just <clears throat> Alex. Great. You sound like Sean Dyche at the moment. Yeah, but I don't. I don't sound like this all the time. I just sound like this when I go out. Oh, okay, fair. Enough. I'm getting old. We already we already said this. I'm getting That's old. True. I can't do all these nights out. Yeah, you want to try being my age, mate. In fact, you want to try being Joe's age. Why? Retirement age. Look, Joe, we haven't got time to discuss. Yeah, all it would take. Would you? Would you? Got to catch me first, Joe. Would you consider going? Right. I've got this image of Phil uh, uh, Phil Butcher and uh, Ian Beard in my head at the moment. Phil Butcher, Nick, is come it on. Phil Butcher in EastEnders? Pat, Phil Pat Butcher. But Phil, yeah, is he more like Pat Butcher or Phil Mitchell? Phil Mitchell and uh, Ian <laughs> Ian Beale when I think of Joe running after Alex. I don't know why. Christ. Terence, you were making some sort of a relevant point, I think. Well, yeah, I was. Um, I tried to. Do you think... Um... With the exception of the brief stint, uh, temporary stint of Attilio Lombardo, we've never gone outside of the UK as for a manager. Do you reckon now would be the time to do that? It's an interesting one. Um, what, like to Australia, you mean? <laughs> well, anywhere that's Probably. not England, Ireland, Scotland or Wales. Yeah. No, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, Karenka came close, didn't he? Um, uh, yeah. Before we um, before we went off to Middlesbrough. So is, he was uh, advised you know. to not come to us, wasn't he? I don't. I don't know if that's the I'm, case. 
Who, who's, whose friend is it? Is, is it Mourinho's friend? He is, he is a friend of Mourinho's. And yeah. I'm sure he said, don't go to Palace, go to take Borough. Because sure. Mourinho wants the Palace job. <laughs> there goes all falling into place now. Pop a bit anyway. Tanked at Chelsea, and now he's just waiting for the opportunity. Eagle Ritz, um come up with Popovich. Yeah, because I mentioned it earlier. It's a, it's a suggestion that comes up but again. You go back to this obsession with uh, ex Palace players uh, being part of the part of the setup, which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, he's, doing, he's doing a good job, though. To be fair, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Now, look, one thing I would say, and, and, and again, it's difficult on the off the back of a run like this. It's you know, it's very, very easy to forget that we have come a long way, and we've had this. This is our first proper setback. Um, is you know, under under twenty ten, in my view, the first time that I've thought we've we've gone backwards for a, for a long enough period to be concerned, but. You know, we've got you've got to give people the chance to to get out of it. You've got to give people the chance to turn things around, and you know, and, and I still think that come the end of the season, we won't feel too bad about how things have gone. But there's an awful lot of work to do in the summer. And if if I'm being ultra critical, it's something that we we all thought at the time. I think I think the decision, um, however it came about, the way the reason reasons you know could be just missing out on players. But we didn't do anything in January to change things to freshen things up. Um, when we'd already started to, to drop off, um, just on the assumption that we'll get players back from injury and, and seemingly that we wouldn't get any more problems, but you know it hasn't panned out that way, and that's why you've got a, you've got to plan better. You've got to, and I, you know, I know at the club they realise that the scouting network's got to improve. We've got to be able to identify more targets, you know, and we've got to be able to 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 improve the squad that we've got because a lot of these players that came up from the championship have been playing in, in uh, absolutely top level the, the maximum of their capabilities for a long period of time and it's not a surprise in my view that that we're starting to see a couple of them drop off now not just because of age but because it's a, it's a difficult thing to to maintain your top level for, for such a long period <coughs> that's where i think we've got to change there's a bit of a sprawling monologue there but um you know that's 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 where i'm going so any, any further comment lads before we move on to forward reviews anything you want to bring up uh well, i've got to talk about Saka actually haven't we is my man of the match. And considering he only played a half, and which is, I, I made a comment in our, uh, after the game yesterday, I think that um, he he seems to be one of these players that plays two games out of eight really well. Mm. So he'll be good for the next game, and maybe I'm just down on him, but, and then he'll, <laughs> he'll disappear again. When, when Champ- we brought him off, go on. Championship player, Premier League left foot. End yeah. of discussion. <laughs> when we actually brought him on, it, it made me probably angrier than, than anything I've ever been angry about recently because the first sort of five minutes, he, he was picking up the ball on the edge of our penalty area and pl- sort of he was sort of wandering around the centre of the pitch and diff- sort of, I did, just had no idea what we'd done. I just thought we've made all these cha- we've made changes at half time, yet Sacco's wandered onto the pitch and doesn't know where he's actually playing. I, I just. It was it was absolutely beyond me. But the second he actually pushed out and played as a winger, you know, which is what he is, um, he put two absolutely amazing crosses. And the f- irony of the fact he replaced the player that would attack them away is, was not lost at all on me. I, I, you know, but I think that level of performance, if he can do that on a regular basis, if he can put a decent ball in and get shots away, which is what we brought him in to do, um, I think it's it's an interesting one, particularly when Wilf looks like he's he's. He, absolutely knackered and just been kicked so much that you know maybe he needs a couple of games coming off the bench really um 
and Balassi playing wide properly. And you know, that's that's what I kind of like to see. And that's really my my last question is, you know, if, if you're Alan Pardew, what do you do? Um, what do you do for the next game? Sign. Pray. Pray. <laughs> Give up. What? Give up. Well, there you go. That's that's the attitude. No, seriously. What? I mean, what? 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 You know, do you change the lineup that we started with? Who comes in? It's a it's a difficult question, isn't it? You know, but back to basics. Stick two defensive midfielders in front of our back four. Put Jason Punch in behind the striker and put Wilson Punch has got to be the one. You got to bring him back in. He was, he's what makes us tick. Off, Andy, off, and, off. and the first three quarters of the season made us tick. Because we're doing because we're doing better without him. Clearly. Ooh. And what he d- he did um, he tore West Ham apart at Upton Park last season, so he's got form there. That was last season. Yeah, yeah, I know. We were all right last season. And Murray scored three goals, two or three goals against West Ham last season. But he ain't here now. So who's going to score the goals? uh, Jason Punchin has not produced what he was supposed to produce this season, and it's probably part of the reason why we are where we are now. But he's had his break. He's He's had a. He's had a break. He's 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 had a break. Let's see if he can come back and do the business. You don't just bin him straight off. I'm not going to yeah. bin him straight off. I'm just saying. But I thought we were going to be right when Yala come back. Just saying. We lost, well, we, we have been. We lost, well, we, we have. We have. Been. We have been. We've 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 scored. We started to score goals again. Still losing. And we've uh, we've we've conceded last minute goals in two games. We're just a bit unlucky. The form has started to come back a little bit. We just played the league leaders. We outshot them. We outshot them on target. We had more corners than them. We had more possession than them. You would take that against any league leaders at any time. At the moment, it's just there is something there that none of us, we've just sat here and discussed for an hour and 15 minutes. We can't put our finger on it why things aren't quite going right. So we've we got a bunch of theories. We aren't progressing. We, 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 yeah, we're and re- we're and regressing as a team. We're not progressing. Yeah, that goes to January. That goes all the way. That goes to the January transfer window. And we all know at the time that something weren't quite right there. You know, you, you've, we've got this opportunity to push on and sign a couple of players and really push. We didn't do that. And now we're suffering as a result of it because we've dropped all the way down the league because all of a sudden injuries hit us and that was it. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to this um, probably in future shows. But I have to say for me that longer it goes on, the bigger a mistake that looks. And it's not often that I think we've made you know, a, a clear error like that. But it was well, The chairman error. didn't seem to think so. He came on our no, show and said that, no, he, exactly. that himself and the manager were happy with the squad that we got. Yeah, and that and I say that works out if if the squad that you got gets fit when you think they're going to get fit and don't get recurrences of injuries. But perhaps that was a little naive, or perhaps perhaps it's an unfair criticism. I don't think so. I think we've got every right to, to point at that at that window and say, look, just to, again, we don't know. We don't know whether players were available and we just missed out. We don't know really what happened in that window. But the, the simple fact is, we didn't get any any. We, we've seen it in the past. We've seen how. Our season has changed just with a couple of signings, just freshen things up and you know, potentially moving players on as well. But we didn't do any of that. And, and can we can we call Kai Kai back? Is that, or is that, um, is that permanent I, season's loan? I think that's. I think he's there to the end of the season now, and he's having a great time scoring goals for fun now. But I think in the long term, that's going to be great for him. And do you know what? If the that one thing I would say, if the worst happens and we do get relegated, it's people like him that would actually benefit because. He'll be straight in that squad. We'll lose a couple of uh, a couple of the top players at least, and people like him and Boateng would actually get their chance. So it's something to think about, anyway. Can, can it, I just say about you, you? Pull you up on that. Sorry, have we got time for this? We got. Oh, really? No. Okay. Carry on. 
<laughs> no, go on. You've said it. You said I've said it. Now. Well, you just said we're, we're going to lose. If we were to go down, we we would lose a couple of players. We're going to lose about five players because I think Jednak would would be too old. Hangerland's going to be too old. I think Dan um, Delaney's going to be too old. I think we will lose one or two players for to, to sales. That'll be four, five, six players. I think we need yeah. to get rid of some players that aren't good enough. I can see. I can see upwards of ten players disappearing from our from our. Yeah, certainly, it's only if we went down. In fact, if we stay up, it's probably going to be. A but that's what I'm saying. Even if we yeah, stay yeah. up, I think I think we'll lose a couple of players. We, you know, there's, there are still there's always that talk of 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 Yannick being interested by you know other clubs interested in him, and and also if MacArthur comes back and he starts playing as well as what he also did, then it seems like Arsenal and that are going to start sniffing around him again. Well, there we get go. On YouTube, uh, get on YouTube. No, get on YouTube. Start brushing up on your players from, from teams like Angers in League One, and that'll be <laughs> that's who we'll be signing. Yeah, no, good point. Anyway, we'll um, yeah, well, I'm sure this discussion will come back to particularly as the as we draw to the closing the season, we start looking ahead to what needs to be done over the summer. Uh, but we'll end our review of the Leicester game with the forward reviews. Nathan Giles, plastics go into meltdown. Nick Amore, any other manager, gone. Mark Vincent, just like f***ing Wigan. <laughs> Duncan Smith, expletive, 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 expletive. Jason Rourke, mines are at Wembley. Nicky Boyce, from Only Fools and Horses, <laughs> from Europe to Championship. Simon Pronger. Pronger or Pronger? What do you reckon? Pronger. When is, when, when is Wickham back? Dean Williams. No ideas, no movement. Pete Bouncer. Relegation in the bag. Paul Denny. Overpaid, big name, disgrace. Matt Sturbate. <laughs> really starting to worry. Debate? <laughs> Matt, oh, you do lot. Andrew Adams, no energy, not for the previous name. No energy, no fight. Marcus Summerhays, 13 without a win. Steve Wallbank, I am very depressed. Is this, is this another, some sort of... I, don't, I think it's a legitimate name, Alex. Just go for it. Poor man. It's alright. I know, but I just wanted to make it clear. It's a two-word review. It's his only playing. Only playing one half. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, that's why I thought, oh, I can see. Yes. Only playing one half, yes. Nicky Ray? Ray? We might We might go down. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Absolutely smashed that forward review. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was I'll... fantastic, wasn't it? Matt yeah. Sturbate. <laughs> that was down for you to say yet Good. again, Jill, but uh, Al had to take your... Um, your go because see the, what uh, I have to put up with Alex see what I have to put up with alright it's been a while but I'm back 
hang on, been a while since what? Anyway, no, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Ultimate Twenty Five Man Squad time. You couldn't say the word time there. I think that means we've been on too long. Um, the Ultimate Twenty Five Man Squad at the moment in the goalkeepers are Nigel Martin and John Jackson. Defenders, Scott Dan, Eric Young, Jim Cannon, Nathaniel Klein, Kenny Sansom and Dean Gordon. Midfield, we have Wilf Zaha, Peter Taylor, Don Rogers, John Salako, Jeff Thomas, Andy Gray, Aki Rihalati and Attilio Lombardo. Forwards, Ian Wright, Andy Johnson, Mark Bright and Dougie Friedman. And today we're looking at the final fullback position. Now, John Humphrey was the most voted for person by you. Stop having to go at us. It was by you lot. All right. Um... So let's talk a little bit about John Humphrey. I'm not too sure how many of the chaps remember him, but I certainly do. Um, if, if anything, I've got a really sketchy memory of, of Pemberton. Um, it was more it was more Humphrey for me in that in the early period of me following Palace that was um, you know the, a fixture in the, in the side, and he was a very dependable, very very solid right back. Um, so you've mentioned Terence in the in the pre-show chat. He was um, he was slightly soured by the fact he's played for Charlton and Brighton, but. Um, but you know he was—he's not someone you get you know really hear too much about these days. But um, you know, not many people sort of recollect and uh, reminisce, sorry, and start talking about the, um, the glory years with Humphrey at right back. But he was a very, very, very good player indeed. And I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying he was the right back during the season we finished third in the top division. So, so very good player in my view, Uns- unspectacular but absolutely solid. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan really. Um, but when you think about I think the other nearest nomination to, to Humphrey was Danny Butterfield. I think a lot of people will be thinking about whether Butterfield uh, deserves it over Humphrey. What do you think, Joe? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what? He's one of them players that I remember him, but I don't remember him. You know, it's um, mm. <coughs> he, 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 he never, to me, he never set the world alight. Um, yeah, very... I'm, I'd like to say, I mean, you always stole my thunder already. I just, I, I, because he doesn't, because I don't remember loads about him. I just want to, I want to bin him because he's played with him too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I honestly, he's one of them players that because he didn't stand out for me. I, I just can't remember loads about him. Um, unfortunately, of uh, you know, me and Nick, Nick will probably remember more. I will. Nick? He scored. A- Brilliant goal! I think it was against Wolves. It was so good. I thought it was Dean Gordon that scored it. It was definitely goal of the season contender. He was brilliant for us. I mean, he played for the Clowns. You're right, but it was really, really classy. Really, really classy. Um, but he he scored some own goals as well, didn't he? Score score an own goal against QPR. I think you're right. Um, we had Sullivan in goal then from Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was just just quality. Just yeah, it's 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 weird because I'm I'm the same sort of view, Nick. That that he was excellent, but I can't really tell you anything about you know. He the could have played for England. You reckon? Play, I reckon. Yeah, we we haven't had many many brilliant fullbacks, but yeah, he, I, I think he'd, he'd get into our twenty-five more than I mean, Butterfield. Although I remember Butterfield for his um, hat trick against Wolves, and I think yeah. that that if. That would tip the balance for a lot of people if they had to have a choice between yeah. the two because it's a lot more recent. But yeah, yeah Humphrey. He was a right back for a team that finished third in the league. There you go. Proper defender. and He didn't have too many forays forward, if I remember rightly. No, but when he did, defender. they were brilliant. Mm. Tell? Never saw him play. 
Um, and like you say, he never really gets talked about. Um, he's never ever revered by anyone that I know who went around that time. Um, I'd literally just miss him. I mean, I might, I might have seen him play maybe in my first couple of games that I went to, but I, I, I can't really comment. You know, I've, I saw all of Danny Butterfield's career. So if you're asking me to compare the two and pick the two, it's obvious who I'd go for. But, you know. but, um, but John Humphrey, according to Wikipedia, is a keen magician. Does that not sway your opinion? I think a bit of magic is the only way he's going to get an in. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Alex, you'd have seen him loads, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I was going to say, <laughs> for, you know, for me personally, I would have said John Halls. Um, he was a good, a good solid <laughs> yeah. right back for us, and uh, and certainly something I, I would have liked to sort of put just put in there to speak about because he was um, he was good. Well, there you go. Um, I want to get some quick votes from you, lads. Then uh, Alex, in or Bin? Bin. So, um, sorry, John. Bin. Nick. Did you know that he um, <laughs> he taught PE to Victor Moses and Lee Hills? He's a PE mm-hmm. teacher. Well, now. the Wick gift uh, school. The oh. gift, yeah. 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 I bet yeah. that's where Victor and Lee went. Um, I'm I'm going to in him. Are you? Yeah. Jill. Bean. Oh, and the Sorry, listeners... I'm chatting away. I'm on mute, and oh, that's just... oh, right, okay, fair enough. Uh, the listeners binned him as well, so my vote for in a definite in. He is much better than Danny Butterfield. Um, unfortunately, there we go. It is a bin for John Humphrey, and the result of that means we're now going to vote in or bin for Danny Butterfield because Danny Butterfield because we haven't got really many shows left to actually fill this twenty-five man squad. So we got to get someone in there today. Are we definitely not putting John Halls forward then? Uh, not for now, Alex. If, if we all vote bin for Danny Butterfield, we very much might have to go with John Halls. Can we just can start to run out? Can we play Vince Hilaire at right back? Uh, not yet. <laughs> Not yet, but um, let's see what happens by the end of the, end of the, the shows this season. So very, very quickly, um, obviously we could probably talk for about another hour on Danny Butterfield, um, but we don't actually have the time to do that. Um, key highlight already mentioned was um, his hat-trick in the FA Cup, which was one of the most surreal things ever, and I'm still not quite sure that it really happened. I mean, it did happen, but... but who, who, you know, who did he score it against? It was the Wolves, wasn't it? And yeah, now who was in goal? <laughs> Oh, it was Wayne Hennessy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's easy then. Um, did, sorry, Chris, did you mention that the poll's gone up on Twitter? For yeah, the minutes? poll is on Twitter at the moment. Um, so if you head to our uh, at HOL Radio, you'll see the poll there right now. Uh, if you also, if you want to, in you in the chat room, hlradio.net forward slash chat, uh, Nick can do a quick sense count for those of you saying in or been in the chat for Danny Butterfield, and we'll try and get a quick vote together. Um, so, uh, go on, Terence. Butterfield memories, quick. Yeah, um, pretty solid right back. Um, I think uh, he probably faded off quite a bit towards the uh, end. Um, early, early. Did we? Am I right in thinking early doors we played in midfield? Yeah, when we went from Grimsby, didn't we? Where he's a defensive midfielder, and yeah. we stuck him there. And he played there a fair few times for us. Um, yeah. But um, once he was, he played wide right as well, uh, midfield um, for, for a period. Good passer of the ball. Did uh, it's funny how obviously he scored a, a massive goal in our history in terms of scoring against Sunderland, um, but he kind of gets forgotten about that now for the hat trick. But I love that the following game. I think who did we, who did we have away? Someone like Scumthorpe away after he scored the hat trick. 
and it was like, oh, Danny Butterfield is up front again. It's gonna be, um, it's gonna <laughs> be amazing. And um, alas, it did not quite turn out that way. And he no. looked like he looked like a right back playing um, centre forward. It was <laughs> Dunthorpe away. I'm really happy yeah. with my knowledge there. We lost two one. Um, yeah, I'd like I say he he played a large chunk. He's played a large chunk of the period of time that I've watched Crystal Palace and. Um, with the exception of Sheffield Wednesday away, when he miskicked the ball, he was pretty reliable for us. Damn you! Damn you! That was my that was my reason <laughs> to bin him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you got, you're looking at a position. I think we can talk a lot more um, left backs in our history than we can right backs, and it's not really the same. Sorry. With the except with the exception of like Nat Klein, is yeah. I mean, there's no there's no one who's ever really like been a a, cl- a club that? legend. Um, Richard Shaw. Was, it, was he a, a centre-back or full-back? Centre-half, wasn't he? Well, well, he played full-back occasionally. He played left-back a bit. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're not talking I'm, about I'm, Richard I'm, Shaw. I'm not, too sure, I'm not too sure, mate. It was before my time. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of people on Twitter talking about it. Um, now I've accidentally clicked yes for Butterfield. Uh, and Penny Creed seems keen on Butterfield getting in with big capital letters. Yes! And an exclamation it's a, mark. It's a draw in the chat room at the moment. Um, okay. Booted. Any comments? Booted would bin Butterfield. He'd rather have Humphrey. Uh, mm. And Premier fan said he'd rather he'd bin him even for Humphrey. Tim Gypsy Hill sixty four said he saw them both and Danny Butterfield was better. Cool Eagle eighty nine. What about Doris? Well, there you go. It's, it's, I can only blame all of the listeners for not voting for other people. Um, Hinslewood, of course, there was um, was it's been mentioned pretty much every time we've. Um, you know, we've we've put put the uh, fullbacks up for for questions, but not enough people have mentioned him. It's um, it's because it's of it's because of the time, isn't it? It's because you know, he lived in lived in uh, on the on the new estate in New Addington, near where I lived. Like both of those two, Martin and Paul. Mm. Anyway, the uh, the poll has ended on Twitter, so just time for us to get our ins and bins. Um, Nick, what was it in the chat room? Just so I don't know, you went fifty fifty, was it? Yeah. All right, we'll call the chat room a draw. Uh, Joe, in or bin? I'm binning them both. Okay, thanks for that, <laughs> Terence. Um, for the sake of we need a right back in, <laughs> I'll in him. No, I, I love Danny Butterfield um, and epitomise a lot of you know what is Crystal Paddish. You know, he was a he was a good servant for us, so he's in. Alex, yeah, I'd probably echo tell there you know didn't have all the ability but worked hard so basically what Palace fans love well it's it's, it's a bin from me because I'm still angry about John Humphrey not getting in uh, but I do love Danny Butterfield and it's just because I know it doesn't really matter because on the poll on Twitter just uh, uh, oh sorry Nick go on bin what I'm bin hang on a second bin bin I've bin haven't I that was a mistake and Bert's head in the chat room has just said bin because he'd rather have Humphrey. So yeah. that's actually the chat room as well. Yeah. Um, so, and then, so, okay, I'm changing mine to in. Um, Danny Butterfield's in. Well done, everyone. Yay! <laughs> you can't do that. I have, because John, not only... I can see John Hall sitting at his computer now, shaking his head with his arms folded. <laughs> Disgusted. I'm just going to go, I'm sorry, I'm just giving it to the listeners on Twitter. They've said they've gone, they've gone for in, so in it is. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions, and we'll choose in or bin. Fruit polos. What's happening to them? 
they're still about? It's a good question. Um, they were nice. They were very nice. Were, were they? Yeah. Were, were they? I'm not so sure. They didn't have the, like, the integrity, like the consistency of a proper polo. Like They'd crack up quite easily. <laughs> it's true, but they were, it's a different thing, isn't it? Obviously, the polo is a hard mint, whereas the fruit polo was more of a, um, like a pastel, if you like, but uh, just no. in polo it, shape. It You're missing like the point. Sw- no, I'm sort of in a razor blade, mate. That's what it was like. It'd scratch all your throat up. But what they used to do is if you kept them... Because I had to hide my sweets, obviously, from my brothers because they would feed them when I was... Mm. I took my trousers off and, at night and they would go through my pockets, Wait. nick me money and nick me money and nick me sweets. But if you kept them in your pocket long enough, four or five of them would stick together. They always you know stuck together. They always stuck together. Yeah, can I just say, I'm not sure having your trousers off was strictly necessary for that conversation. You could have just left that bit out. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but no, you're right. They did stick together. Now, now I think about it, but wasn't the yellow one more of a sort of a pineapple kind of flavour? And that didn't really happen too much in sweets. You don't didn't really get a pineapple flavour. Am I remembering that right? No, it wasn't a pineapple one. It was green. No, I didn't think so. Well, I'm going to Google it while we're talking about it. But the, the question remains: Are they? I've not noticed them for a long, long time. So I'm guessing they may may not exist anymore. Well, the um, same as Spangles. I don't know what they were, mate. They, no, they you can were like, still uh, get them. You, can you? They, no, I had the demand because I, I worked at the Mars Bar factory many years ago. And uh, Spangles are just like non-medicine tunes. Or they were like that. And the demand for tunes was so high that they stopped doing Spangles. But Spangles tasted like fruit polos, but they didn't stick together because they had individual wrappers on. <laughs> yeah, so you can still get them from Asda. You can get fruit That's polos. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other supermarkets available, but probably not for fruit polos. Not in Swanley. I'm going to be down there tomorrow. Amazon. You can get them in Amazon. There you go. There's plenty of places to get them. Is there anywhere you can get them that pays tax? (laughs) 80p plus tax, just to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Amazon pay tax, but I think it's about 0.0000001% on some sort of island that doesn't really exist. Mm. So... Um, anyway, so before, before, before I forget, um, um, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, do you know the, uh, the, the flavours of fruit polos were in fact strawberry, blackcurrant, orange, lemon and lime. But they did do a tropical version at one point. Which is what like, Vimto's made out of. It's just all of them. Is it? Probably. By Vimto. Vimto. Seriously. Mixed up fruit. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I am completely derailed by thoughts of fruit polos. Wait, Lil. Have... Oh, everyone loves Lil, come on. But the thing is, we're talking about sugary things, and I can't have sugar anymore on account of the, the diabetes. But um, I can have sugar, I just have to take lots of tablets uh, to kind of deal with it. Fun times. So, look, um, one of the things we didn't talk about during the course of the show was um, was Tony Pulis being fined. Um, effectively amounts to three and a half million. I think a million of that is um, compensation for his shadiness, and um, a half a million that was costs, and two million as a repayment of his bonus. So his bonus was two million pounds. Gel, you know, when Mark Bright was on this show, he talked about one day the truth will come out. Well, at the moment, the full truth hasn't come out, other than a an independent panel has essentially identified the fact that, that Tony Pulis was disingenuous about how he got his bonus paid up and left Palace. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to decipher 
whether disingenuous is is um uh, is posh speak for lying and thieving. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to stop short of saying that that's without knowing the exact facts. You have to stop saying that. Um, stop short of saying that that's categorically the truth, which Homestead Radio is not saying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but clearly you don't get find that sum of money if you've been in the right. So we can certainly surmise that he's uh, he has done wrong. Although I'm sure if he has leave to appeal, he will probably appeal it. Well, if he appeals, don't we? I mean, the judgment's the judgment's done anyway. And I'm pretty sure when you own a business, if some if you sue someone and and it's found for you, you can start charging eight percent on the um, on the amount. So. So he can he can carry on appealing, but you know eight percent you can't charge interest on the interest. So he can just carry on doing what he wants. I, the, the, what, the, the fact that I love is that it's a, the compensation. If it is true, it's, it's a million pounds. That's a hell of a that's a hell of an amount. You know that yeah, is. is. So, and 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 what I loved as well was um, you know I, I I remember I remember having a conversation with you, Chris. I was I was privy to a conversation, um, and I, and. You know this is true because I yep. told you about it. I'm not going to name any names, but you know we knew about this a long, long time ago um, before it became public. And he really, really turned the club over. And uh, and I, I, I'm loving the fact that that Parish, against the wishes of probably a third of 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 of, uh, of the Homesdale online you know there was a there was a, a thread on there and a lot of people didn't want the club to go after him because they thought you know it was it was bad form but i'm loving the fact that we've gone after him and it's been found that, it, that he is a bad you know that he has been found to, to be disingenuous mm. well it's it's true just looking at um fyp did a, an article on it um <coughs> it was very well written don't do that They're great lads um uh, Andy Street is uh, is a practicing lawyer, I believe, um, uh, and, and he, he he wrote an excellent uh, piece just explaining, you know, whether or not, um, well, explaining oh, the whole the whole decision, but also about whether or not uh, Pudis has grounds to challenge, um, and the suggestion basically to sum it up that um, he has limited rights of appeal. Um, in essence, you, he says, in essence, you can only appeal. Uh, which would be done in the courts um, rather than an arbitration, if the tribunal should never have been asked to decide the case in the first place or if the decision is subject to some really serious irregularity. So basically, he'd have to prove that the whole process um, shouldn't exist in the first place. So, uh, you know, it does suggest that um, he hasn't really got too far, too, you know, many places to go. And it's all to do with whatever re- FA rule K is. I think I need to, to read up on those. But there you go. Um, so I think I think I mean a lot of people still talk um, wistfully about Pulis. I mean I, I've got a couple of thoughts on him. Um, he was right for us at the time, um, and I would have a lot more respect for him if one he hadn't done what he did and walk out on us. But if he'd actually been honest about wanting to leave at the end of the season and not taken us into a pre-season when he was just looking to get out, and and you know I felt that that did us a lot of damage. Um, and we, we had a hard time dealing with that, and it could have cost us last season. We, and again, we talk about Pardew at the moment. You know, let's not forget Pardew came in and, and turned that mess around because we were in serious, serious trouble. We were, we were saying it was the best thing that could have bloody happened for us after a while, weren't we? Once, yep. once we were riding high with Super Al. Yeah, and, and it was right. It was it, in the end. It was. I mean, I don't know about you. Again, you, you could be. It could be because of the fact that I, you know I hate the, the tiny Welsh 
arsehole. But he, you know, I, I watched us when we play West Brom, even, you know, even when we don't do so well. And I, and I cannot stomach watching them as a football team. It's, I, you know, I've got no time for that, that way anymore. And there's an argument to say it would have got us more points if we played that way this season. Uh, what are your thoughts, Terence? Um, in 2001, I think it was, Tony Pulis tried to blackmail the Gillingham chairman. This was all in court. This is not allegedly. <laughs> this was all went to court, so it's okay. Um, four days before they were playing in the playoff final. So he has history of basically doing nonsense stuff like this. Um, and what's quite funny about it is this is uh, Tony Pulis in court saying, I asked him, are you not paying me the money because the club is in trouble? Pulis then produced a nine-page document marked Wick and Wanderers from his shorts. He had put it there because he said he had no pockets, <laughs> which is just quite really, really funny mm-hmm. how like court things come out in strange ways. But he's got, he, he has a history of it. The guy's obsessed with money. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if, based on this information from 2000, 2001, whenever it was, that you now have got, they've been looking, they've been patiently waiting for a time where they can just nab him. And that perfect scenario has arisen now. And they've hit him hard. That's a lot of money. That is an awful lot of money to slap him with. But yeah. you know what? Um, is that why Norwich won yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, oh. that's, that's, you get into dangerous territory there. But, you know, let's, let's say, for example, he's on a huge bonus to keep West Brom up and they essentially are going to stay up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he's intending to leave at the end of the season, so he doesn't really care what happens to them long term. You know, is it beyond the realms of possibility when you talk about someone with that character? No, I mean you can't you can't say that. You know, at all. Well, anyway, um, so the, let me finish. So the Gillingham chairman in court said he told me if I didn't pay him two hundred thousand pounds, he said he had a suitcase of stuff he would give to the police and inland revenue. I remember thinking, I need this like a hole in the head. The biggest game in the club's history is just four days away. So basically. He can he can do one. Thank you for consolidating us in the Premier League and meaning that the club more than likely will be making hundreds of millions of pounds for years and years to come. While your little bit that you try to siphon off has been taken away from you, uh, he can rot as far as I'm concerned. Strong words. Well, there we go. Um, but I thought it was nice. It was nice to win something in 2016, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got a question. How, how, does it, how does it work then? Because it, it, he would have paid tax on that amount of money um, at 50%. So, unless he's got offshore, well, you can't have offshore accounts anymore, can you? Or can you? You, you uh, can. I mean, Harry Redknapp's dog's got one. Can. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to... to one of the ladies on Twitter last night, and she said, oh, "You know, maybe he hasn't got the money." I said, "Well, he's got a house on sandbanks, so I would imagine Parish has just put a, a, a you know, a charge on that, um, and you can't get an house on sandbanks for less than about five or six mil. So, what would be nice if the bailiffs turn up and evict him out of that? <laughs> That'd be nice. Parish would just move in here. Go, oh, I'll take that as payment. Don't worry." <laughs> Um, no, no matter how much money he's 
been square, squirreling away. That's just still huge sums. I wonder if they would have to sort of pay it in installments or something. But, um, what would, but what happened? I mean, I, I was being serious then as well. If he's paid tax on that, I mean, does he? Does he? I believe. How, how does that I work? Believe he's, he, I believe. I believe the tax is subtracted. No, he has to pay the tax. I think as well. Should we make that this week's competition? Yeah, yeah, why not? If you know the answer to that. Um, I basically, I'm pretty sure that the tax side of it doesn't work in his favour, whatever that means. But, um, yeah. yeah so he's tax it. on it and then he has to give it back again? Yeah, I think so. I think oh, so. he's done his bits, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, um, there you go. That is, that is karma. That's what that is. But good stuff. Anyway, look, I mean, it's interesting to have the football chat and all that, but do you, do you guys remember the snowflake? The snowflake. It was, a, it was a white chocolate version of Flake. No. Um, Anthea Turner advertised it at her wedding. No. Mikey remembers it. it was, he says it was amazing. He's right. It was amazing. I'm stunned you don't remember it. Oh. Being someone that loves chocolate, I can't believe I can't remember that. No, I mean, I was, was gutted when they, uh, when they stopped making them. I can't believe that they just... I mean, they take these things away, don't they? That's the thing. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like a like a piece of childhood. <laughs> it is like that, or, or, or like three point five million out of your bank account. <laughs> it's like that as well. Oh, I just googled it, and unfortunately, I'm now looking at a Wikipedia entry for an actual snowflake, which is not as interesting. Um, hmm. I think we're, think we're do you think we're done? <laughs> um, can I just ask you? Are we yeah. going down? I'm getting getting worried. Um, I I don't like to continuously Gel? sound confident. Now, <laughs> Joe, we um okay. okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Listen, I'm, I'm going to give you two answers. Right. I'm going to give you two answers. I'm right. going to say, if we beat Norwich, no. If we lose to Norwich, yes. If because I I don't think no. no I, I, it, it's 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 going to be a nightmare. I don't. Norwich are doing what we did over the last few years. And I, and I think that they will... Well, I still think they'll go anyway, but it's, it's irrelevant. I but if we don't beat Norwich, I think we're gone. Um, I'll just say that I actually think Norwich are a better team than they get credit for. Um, and that's the only thing that worries me a little bit in this. I think we're more than capable of beating them. But even if you go back to the start of the season when we played them and, and we got away with it because Cameron Jerome's goal should have counted. Um, and they, they played pretty well, put us under quite a lot of pressure and, and we just got the breaks in that game. I know Coppel said it in the coverage for the, for the Reading game when I watched it back because uh, obviously I was at the game I re- recorded it. But um, I um, and he said you know earlier in the season Palace were getting the breaks when perhaps they didn't deserve them, and right now they're not getting them when they do deserve them, and, and that's quite a good summary of of what we've had to put up with um, through the course of, of of this terrible terrible run that we're on. You know, not to say that we haven't been making mistakes and have, have played poorly at times, but. You know, it, it, I, I worry. I worry that um, that Norwich. I will, worry that um, Bamford's going to score a fucking hat trick. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if he if he even has a shot on target, I'll be furious because it's more than he managed for us. Um, you know. So, what do you think, then, Chris? Honestly, I don't think we're going down at all. Um, okay. But I think it, I think it'll be a lot closer than than it, it should have been. I think. You know, I I don't I do feel that we I don't even if we'd made some signings in January I don't think we were ever in a position where we were going to kick, kick on as much as as much as people might have thought we would and the, and the reason for that goes back to what I was saying in the show right because I think that some of the players that we've we've got of now 
have now been playing at a level that I don't think that they can sustain anymore. And I, and I think we've got a lot of rebuilding to do. So Overachieving, I, then. Yeah, I, I think perhaps overachieving. And, and just to put that in context, I don't think that they were necessarily overachieving before, but I, like I say, I think their level has dropped. Pulis said they overachieved. The team yeah. that he had overachieved. What do you think, Tim? Um, overachieved? No. Not... No. No. Do you think we'll go down? Oh, do I think we'll go down? Um, you're not. Uh, you're not leaving it on me. I ain't answering it and then no. get paid on Twitter. <laughs> no, I, I think that a lot relies on that Norwich game. You're right. Um, if you look at all the other fixtures around it, we've got some really, really tough games. Yeah. Um, and if you, you're looking at, you want to beat Norwich, and if you don't beat Norwich, you're all of a sudden having to beat Arsenal, Manchester United, Everton. You've got to beat one of these teams to get the points that you'll need to get to the 38 or 39 points that we need. So um, it's, it's worrying. It, it is worrying, but it's, if, it's Pardew. The way Pardew goes, we could win the next game against West Ham and go on a run and win four or five games in a row and wonder what we was ever worried about. Yeah, That's, just, that's how Pardew operates. Right. And like I said in the show, he thinks he's normal. And that's weird. I think he needs to get out of that mindset. And he needs someone to help him do that because he can't be stuck in that rut of thinking it's okay to do this. Nick? I'm getting very, very scared. Very scared. It's so yes or no? <coughs> typical palace. I think we could, you know. Okay. It's a moment so there, of silence. To so there, so there silence. it is. You've, yeah. got, you've got three of us basically saying... I think we are, I think we've pretty much all agreed that the Norwich game is is pivotal. I said I, I, I said ages ago I thought it was the most important game for three years for us. Yeah. No, I say I say this now. We lose to Norwich, I will absolutely lose my shit. It's going to be spectacular on Homestay Radio. So if that happens, don't miss it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I will I will literally be foaming at the fucking what mouth. What will be really bad if we can go a real because it will be doomsday. Is if we do go down and that lot go up, can you imagine this? Yeah, and that the thing is, that is not beyond the realms of possibility, and oh, that no? in itself hurts me. The oh. fact that they could get all made promotion and we could be relegated, I'd, in a way, I'd be happier because we wouldn't have to play them. Um, but that that's that shows you how far things have gone because I honestly, at the start of the season, I was desperate for them to go up so we could fucking smash them twice a season. I really was desperate for it. I, I miss those games, but the way things are now, oh, I don't want to go anywhere near it. I, I genuinely fear as well that as soon as they get up, they're not going anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've got the infrastructure. They've got everything there. No, they, 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 they haven't, mind you saying that, with the amount of money that will flood in there, but it's whether that Tony Bloom would, would literally want to keep, you know, keep putting money in. I know he was taking a lot of money out, but they've got a lot of loan players there at the moment. One player that I really would like, and I think he'd score a lot of goals for us, James Wilson from Man United. I really yeah. like him. I really do. said last year, I fancy, you know, I'd love to get someone like him on, on loan. I really would. I'd like, to, I'd like to just take a, you know, I think, I think it's a sooner or later, right, we are going to have to take a chance on, on two or three, four kids. When I mean kids, I mean 21, 22-year-olds. So they're not kids. They're just going to be good players. And I'd like it, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him being one, obviously, Kai Kai being another, Boating being another. You know, I really would like to see, you know, and, I, and then I think as well, 
we would have that mixture of, of older players, the 27, 28-year-olds that we've got, a few of them as well. As like I said in the show, I think we're going to be... It, it, at a team that probably played yesterday, I can see four of those going. At least four of those players going. And the other thing I've heard, two or three teams looking at Kabai. So if he's unsettled or he fancies a change and we lose him as well, you know, we'd be looking at... Massive, massive, massive changes. I honestly yeah. can't see Kabai staying around, um, no matter what happens this no. season. Really can't. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the thing we were sort of we were half sold was was that when Kabai comes, you know, um, it would encourage other players to, to to come, and that hasn't happened, you know. And again, we mentioned in the show about the, the, the transfer window in January, and and, and Steve Parrish turned around and said, you know, there were. There were one or two players that they looked at that they were interested in, and it didn't happen. I don't, but I, I, I don't understand. You know, I'd, I'd love to understand that sort of terminology. I, I, I don't know what it, it didn't happen. Meant they didn't want to come to us, or it didn't happen that they wanted too much money, or it didn't happen because we didn't have enough time. The interesting one for me is when he mentioned that someone else had taken a chance and someone that we were we thought had, had a good opportunity, and that. And that kind of, for me, is what I worry about. That sometimes you have got to take a chance on a player, and I don't mean take a chance on a on a player who's struggled to get in a in a poor team. I mean take a chance on a player who's who's doing it at a different level, but is you know is flying, is confident. Because you think when you bring in someone again, we talk about youth do this. Bringing a young player with no fear, you see what Rashford's doing at United is a good example right now. Bringing a player with no fear, that can have a difference. But also, bringing a player who's absolutely killing it at a lower level, even if it's a couple of, couple of levels lower, you throw him in off the bench, just well, something Ali. different. De- well, Deli Ali yeah. was doing it, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what I heard, just for, and again, I'm going to keep going off on tangents, heard on Five Live, listen to the World Sides of Words today, and, and they were turning around and saying about the size of players now, and about especially about goalkeepers. And they were, and, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but they turned around and said that that the trend now is to not go for really, really tall goalkeepers anymore. They're, they're, they're actually going to start coming down in size because they don't get down fast enough. Hmm. So the days of having six-foot goalkeepers and thinking it was really good to, well, if you're six-foot, you're not tall enough, you need to be six, you know, six, four, six, eight. Um, maybe six, you know, six, three, six, four is going to be, it's going to come back down. So what do you, what, what you, what do you think is the best height for somebody to be good at going down? Six, <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we end the show today <laughs> see you again soon bye, 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 bye. stop grab your spoon and listen it's hunger grabbing your attention full of rice tastes nice and creamy with fruit that's light and dreamy rice rice baby oh Rice, rice, baby. Word to your mola. Mmm, toaster. <laughs> that said, right. I like the connection between the beginning and the end of that little Exactly. I was, wait- I was waiting for an out, and I was going to do that very joke if not one of you didn't do it. <laughs> it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.